Welcome Voltron fans. This is Mark Morell, your host for Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast. We got a great one for you this week. You guys have been anticipating this one. We're really excited and I got to bring on my co-host Greg Tyler. Hey Mark Morell. Hello fellow Voltron fans across the universe. This is a good one. Yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it doesn't get much better than this because this is a person that has done an amazing performance in season five of Voltron Legendary Defender. Everybody's raving about his performance in oh, this yeah. season. Yeah, I mean, if you thought season three's performance by this actor uh, doing this character was a big thing, and season four, yeah, season five was uh, a cut above even those. So yeah, this is a this is going to be a fun podcast. And of course, we're talking about the actor who plays Lotor, A.J. Locasio. All right, woo! So AJ Locasio is with us. We're really excited to be talking to him about Voltron, and you guys are going to get a nice long time with AJ Locasio this time. All right. So let's get it started. So we've got a great interview coming up, Greg, and we can't wait for this one because he's been on the podcast before, but not to this degree because season five, his character just exploded. He did. It was a great season and uh, uh, this character was a huge reason why. Yeah. So a lot of development went into the Lotor character in season five of Ultron Legendary Defender. And we can't wait to talk to the voice actor. That's who we're talking about. Lotor. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so it's not the space mice. Awesome. All right. So everybody knows him by now. Okay. We're talking about AJ Locasio. Welcome, AJ. Hey, thanks for the intro. It's weird to listen to you guys talking as if I'm not there. <laughs> uh, I have to pretend until my intro. Uh, hey, thanks for having me on again. This this show's uh, I love this show. So happy to be here. Uh, yes, glad to have you back. Of course, anytime. This is awesome. We have to really go for a deep dive into season five with you, obviously. Right. <laughs> but before we do that, I just want want you to know we had uh, sent out a request to the fans on on our Twitter, Facebook, everywhere we could, and we asked them to send in questions to our email address, and we got a ton. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I had a feeling with all the I was people were tagging me in questions just under your tweet, and I was like, well, there's going to be a lot of questions. <laughs> so, some people can't help it; they just want to tweet their question right then and there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of questions to get through, obviously, but we, we want to have a, a chat about season five first because it was such an amazing season. Yeah, it was an incredible season. I was uh, it's funny. I, you know, I say this all the time, but I hardly remember what's happening. So I was shocked as I was watching. I was like, oh, wow, this is really taking a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember all the grunts, all the noises you had to make during your fight with Zarkon in, in the episode two blood duel? I do remember that it took two sessions. I remember it was it was an extensive session of grunting and, and yelling and yeah. But I do, uh, I remember every grunt. They're each special to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wonder what kinds of directions did you get from the voice director? Was it still Andrea Romano at that time? Yeah, um, I believe so. So was it louder? Was it stronger? Was it what, what kind of directions did you get? Uh, the big one. It's funny. She she would always tell me to. I would always go gah with a G, 
And mm-hmm. uh, she would always tell me to not do that. She'd go, no, go, yeah, or, Hah! and so she would always want me to do a soft H, and I'd always go, Gah! and it was a constant <laughs> thing. I'd be like, I'm sorry, Andrea. It would always come back, because it was just my go-to, I don't know why that's my go-to sound, but that's the thing that sticks out the most with that kind of stuff, is her constantly be like, hey, Jay, and I'm like, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> or was that your go-to, your go-to? Oh wow, that took me. A Sorry, second. that was so My bad. God, dude. No, I love it. That was that was beautiful. That was like a Josh joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's I, a lot of lot of screaming. I mean, it's just me and Neil screaming and screaming and screaming. I mean, that's what most of those sessions are. Is just like, all right, now you hit me, and then I hit you, and then you scream, and then I scream, and you know, it's a lot of laughing because we're just it's you know it's completely absurd. But other than the God, that's the only specific memory I have. So you must have really enjoyed those scenes that you had with Alora, where you were talking to her in Hagar's lair and during the White Lion episode. Oh, always. I always enjoy scenes with Kimberly. Um, we always get excited where she'll like text me like, I got a scene with you. And I'm like, ah! you know, because we I mean, we get along really well. And um, yeah, those scenes are my favorite. I love their you know, I feel like they're on the same level. They have the same sort of intellectual level. And so anytime they're in a scene together, it's really fun to see them sort of figuring each other out. And uh, their their chemistry is really fun. I love how Lotor plays the uh, parent angle with each of them. You know, our fathers did thus and such. So we should trust <laughs> each other, too. Um, but but it's a genuine place there, too. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's neat that they, their fathers did, in fact, have that bond. And, and uh, I, I love that angle that he uses. Yeah, he pulls that card out a lot where he goes, ah, fathers. Like, it's like, oh, he's talking about their dads again. Um, <laughs> he loves doing that. But it makes sense. I mean, how, there's no one else in the universe, really, that can relate, that he can relate to on that level. So she's probably the closest thing he has to someone that's experienced his kind of upbringing. So it's, you know, it's important to him, I think, emotionally to connect with her on that level. Right. I love the one scene where you're in the cell on the ship and... Pidge is just yelling at you. She she can't stand you at this point. <laughs> You're getting nowhere with Pidge. So you turn to Alora and say, oh, by the way, our fathers once. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and you just thought, well, maybe I can get somewhere with Alora instead. That's yeah. You're talking about the Loki behind glass scene, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of fans have made reference to that. I actually, when I read the script, I said that when I went, I was like, is this like a Loki scene? Where And they were like, yeah, it's a little like that. Or, or some, maybe there was a grunt. I don't know if they outright confirmed it. Maybe they'll be mad at me for saying that. But um, that, yeah, <laughs> uh, I love that. Do you notice that if anyone makes a joke, like if Hunk or Lance makes a joke at Lotor, he basically just turns away and pretends they didn't say it. I've noticed that. <laughs> I didn't notice it when we were doing the scripts, but in the in the show, I'm like, man, anytime someone makes a direct joke at him or an aside, it's almost like he just sort of brushes it off. And I was like, that's really funny. And he keeps his cool amazingly yeah. well. Yeah, he does. I mean, for someone who is the son of the former emperor of the Galra Empire, uh, who'd been you know running the show for 10 millennia, you know, he really tolerates those little jabs from those teenage punks pretty well. He's probably used to a lot worse from uh, from Hagar and, uh, and Zarkon or there's probably lots of little you know, nitpicks and stuff going on. So, you know, he's used to taking a a verbal lashing. No doubt. So a little bit later (laughs) on, uh, some of the the fans had questions about Lotor's connection with Loki. (laughs) Uh, 
I mean, I've made jokes about him being space Legolas and space Loki. I definitely feel a difference. I think they are different at their core, but I think they would maybe hate each other if they had met or be best friends. I don't know. You know, if you meet someone that's too similar to you, you kind of hate them, at least in the beginning. I feel like maybe there would be a little bit of tension there. Or they'd be best friends and they'd be running through the mall and, and pushing each other in shopping carts. And I can't wait to see fan art of that. I feel like anything I say gets turned into fan art, so I got to be careful. <laughs> um, like them running through Toys R Us and just grabbing all the toys. And anyway, yeah, I, I definitely see a similarity. For you, as the actor, you know, for Lotor, what did season five mean to you? It's the first thing I've worked on where I got to feel sort of uh, this arc with or specifically with Lotor. He's kind of been very similar and you've gotten to see him be mad and sort of uh, cocky and all that kind of stuff. But this sort of gives him a more more depth. It was nice to sort of play outside of his comfort zone. And um, he was very straight in the beginning. And this whole season, you get to see him be warm and friendly and, and comforting and especially the scenes with Allura and the with the lion and, you know, he's empathetic and, and he's warm. And I think that was just meant a lot to me to be able to play that side of him, to play an, an approachable Lotor as, a, as opposed to someone that's just up on this pedestal that's untouchable, you know, and to have him sort of on the ground floor with the paladins and hanging out with them was really exciting. I, I remember when I, you know, I probably said this in interviews before, but when I got the role, I kind of thought maybe this was like a one-off, you know, like I was aware of the show and I was aware of his character, but I thought maybe ah, they're going to do other villains. You know, there's no way they're just going to, this is going to be like the guy, you know, he's not going to be around for a while. So I was really surprised when I got these scripts that he was now hanging out with the paladins and stuff. So it was really cool to finally see that up on screen. And uh, it just felt really good. It felt really good to see that, especially the scenes with Alora to see their interactions was, it was just really cool and beautiful. I mean, it's always beautiful. I'm always freaking out in the booth when we get to see our, you know, when we're doing ADR and stuff. It's I'm always like, God, it's so much more beautiful than any of us could have imagined, especially the pinks and purples when they're on. Uh, is it Oriand? Uh, the yeah. planet. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's so gorgeous. I want to know, speaking of gorgeous, if people would trust Lotor less if his hair weren't so gorgeous. <laughs> trust him less. I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't. I can't imagine Lotor with less hair. I've seen photos, but I don't believe him. I've seen fan renderings. Um, I don't know. Trust him less. I, I, I really don't know. I don't have an answer. <laughs> I just wonder if the hair is one of his uh, tools that he uses to uh, it, it win people be. over. <laughs> I think it might be. I think that it, it might be one of his tools. I, I, I don't know. He, uh, he definitely works it. I mean, he definitely knows that it has power, has sway over the masses. Your hair <laughs> certainly played a factor at the end of Blood Duel when... You know, you had killed your father. <laughs> that you're talking about that swoosh where there, there's the explosion and uh, that one shot. Is that what you're referring to? I'm referring to as soon as uh, Zarkon's life expires, you're just standing there looking, you know, screen left and your hair's flowing. Right, right. And the light, the light comes in from the top right and just starts going across you. And then, you know, it's just an amazing ending to the whole scene yeah it was all about the hair in that scene um <laughs> <laughs> but i know i know the shot you're talking about yeah it's, it's gorgeous mostly just his hair is gorgeous everything else is okay but the hair that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> but there was a time at, towards the end of white lion where you were fighting the white lion and your gallra side couldn't help but come out where you were saying victory or death yeah what part of Lotor is that that 
he can't just like subdue that side of him. You know, it's funny when I read that, I was like, no, Lotor, no. Like, I didn't want him to to flip to that side. I was like, no, let go, you know, because I knew. I mean, I was like, I know where this is going. Um, and I was upset <laughs> that he didn't. But I couldn't, you know, for someone who grew up in such a, you know, a, a physical dominating culture for him, he sees a challenge like this and approaches it. He, you know, it's probably very easy for him to revert back to that kind of animalistic dominating mentality. And if this lion is attacking him, he's thinking, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta kill it. That's the way to prove myself. Cause it's probably all he's seen. You know, he probably doesn't imagine that defeat or allowing yourself to be killed is, is a you know a possibility for, for victory. Victory to him is obliterating your enemy or overcoming them in some way. So for him, at least culturally, I feel like that's something he doesn't understand yet. So that's how I think about it. I think about it as this, this it's a cultural thing. He doesn't, you know, it's sort of coming out of him, whether he, whether he knows better or not, it's just kind of a reaction. One of the things that uh, really struck me in season five is when Zarkon and Lotor are fighting, and Zarkon refers to Lotor as his greatest shame. What do you think is Lotor's greatest shame? And what does Lotor think should have been Zarkon's greatest shame? Wow, what a question. Because I don't feel like he feels shameful about the, uh, the the interaction with him with the planet. Was it the asteroid where he wanted to save people? And, and yeah. Zarkon was like, nah, we'll, we'll kill him. <laughs> You're wrong. Um, right. I don't know if he feels any shame that I can think of. I, I mean, do you guys have something? Is there something you can think of? Because I'd love to know. Uh, no, no. I just wonder. I just wonder if he had like a head cannon thing or something. Uh, just curious. I think Lotor's shame might be involved with the fact that you know he's always thought that Zarkon's way of ruling the empire was the wrong way. Yeah, that's a good point. And that if he had to lead the empire like he did for a, a time being, he was Emperor Pro Tem. You know, to have that thing where you unify everybody and you want people to follow you, not people to be your slaves. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's your your spot on. That totally is the right. <laughs> that's the right answer. That is a shame. He's embarrassed by his his dad and his uh, the what comes before him. Yeah, you're totally right. That's what his motivation is. Basically, he's like, I need to fix this. I need to make this right by my by my reckoning. And so, yeah. That would be his shame. You nailed it. I couldn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that may have actually answered the second part of my question, which was, what does Lotor think Zarkon's greatest shame should have been? You know, because Zarkon said Lotor is his greatest shame. Well, from Lotor's perspective, what should Zarkon's greatest shame be? <laughs> Zarkon's style. Zarkon needs to go to a beautician, maybe. Maybe, oh. maybe it's the lack of hair. Uh, uh, I think totally. that's what it is. Yeah, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's more just about the way he dresses. I mean, he does have his own style, but I mean, it's not up to Lotor's uh, standards, I think. So maybe that <laughs> would be what Lotor suspects. Nice. Man needs to get a manicure. <laughs> Do you remember the scene where Lotor is reciting a, an old story? It's uh, something where he's trying to get to Orion, right? But uh, he's thinking about it in his head, and he's saying it out loud, and then Lance is listening to this, and he says, is that a song you're working on? Right, 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 yeah. Because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that scene. I remember thinking that was, I was like, oh, what's going on here? It's a little poem. Yeah, I mean, with all the, the stuff that he read up on and, and, and learned about Orion and all this kind of stuff, you would have thought that when he got there, that he would have been able to react a little bit better than he did. And maybe 
you know, the the ending wouldn't have been like it did, where, you know, Alora's the one that really, uh, I don't know, worked herself in with, with Orion, and, and he came out getting shut out, basically. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of makes... This is I think of everything in parallels to other movies and stuff like to me I think of Orion like in uh, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade Indy knows about the you know the the cup and all that stuff and knows about the Holy Grail but his father's the expert you know and I imagine Lotor isn't necessarily the the end all be all you know he maybe doesn't know everything maybe there was someone else that he learned this knowledge from or something because Indy couldn't have gotten through the temple without you know his dad's journal. And so I'm imagining right. Lotor is kind of like that, where he knows as much as he possibly could, but there's probably some other source or someone that was on the planet or built the temple, someone that has a whole bunch more info that he didn't, that he couldn't have obtained. So I don't know, maybe Zarkon knew more, and maybe if he was there, he would have helped him through or something. I don't know. But um, that's kind of how I looked at it. When he was like, the line about wanting to be an explorer when he grew up, I was like, oh, he basically wanted to be Indiana Jones. I could totally relate to that. Cool. Um, so that's how I think about it. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because Indy's shame of his father was the fact that he was so, you know, obsessed with the grail and everything right. that he ignored his own son. Yeah. And his dad would say, yeah, but I allowed you to be more independent. You know, right. you, <laughs> you were able to take care of yourself. He was independent. <laughs> yeah. Independent. Yeah. I taught you self-reliance. I think that's the line. <laughs> So it's it's nice. kind of a good comparison with uh, Dr. Jones and his father and and you know Lotor and Zarkon. Well, thank <laughs> you. And I think I think Alora was a little uh, had a little bit of Henry Jones Senior. She was she had seemed to, I mean she wasn't necessarily more knowledgeable, but she was more in tune with what was going on. She definitely wasn't Elsa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's the way I think about it. And I, when I saw it, I told Joaquin and Lauren, I was like, oh, this is this is awesome. This is like an Indiana Jones episode. And they're like, yeah, kind of. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Without going beyond season five, because we know you can't. I also don't happen, so it would be very difficult for me. What have you learned the most about Lotor through season five? Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just his compassion or his, or his need to relate. Because he's, he, you know, like I said before, he's sort of put himself on this pedestal or he's distanced himself from his family and from his people. There's this need to connect, and I think that's what we get out of season five, is seeing him want to be friends with Allure, or seeing him want to work with the paladins and build a bigger world. And it's not just about, oh, here's this jerk, you know, flying around better than anyone else can in a plane and taking things out. Like, he's actually like, no, I'm, I want to connect with you, and I want to be a, a, a team player. And I think that's, uh, I don't know, I think that's the nicest thing to learn about him this season, is, is him wanting to, you know, be a part of this. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> And what do you think he feels about his generals at this point? I don't know. I think that's kind of a weird situation. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit awkward. They did, what, shoot him or knock him out? I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. It, it was tough because in the beginning, it's funny, all the fans were so excited uh, about Lotor's generals. They're like, ah, finally, you know, he's got this cool team. And I was like, ooh, don't get too attached. You know, like, they're going to have... <laughs> and, uh, and I love them, and I think they're awesome. But, like, you know... I don't know, I feel like they're sort of part of the old regime and they're kind of part of the Galra mentality. And as much as they were kind of rebels and fighting with Lotor, I think they still very much are more old school and more Zarkon than he is. And so I think there's a bit of tension there where it's kind of like your high school friends versus your college friends, you know, where you're like, oh, we don't necessarily have the same ideologies anymore. We've grown apart a little bit. Obviously, if your friends shot you and knocked you out or whatever and you shoot one of them, I think you'd grow apart <laughs> a little bit. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, I think there, there's a little bit of tension there. So I, I, uh, I mean, I'd love if they made up and got back together because I love those characters. I think they're awesome, um, and I want to see that. But uh, we'll we'll have to see. On the subject of spoiling. How hard is it not to spoil something by accident? I mean, I imagine you've probably recorded most, if not all, of the major stuff that you need to record for the show at this point. How hard is it to avoid accidentally mentioning something that hasn't been aired yet? It was harder earlier on. Uh, now that I'm able to, the season, especially this season, so much happened. Whereas mm-hmm. in the beginning, he was kind of, you know, pretty straightforward and there wasn't a lot going on. Uh, now that a lot of really big things have happened, it's been it's been a little bit easier. I did almost spoil something fairly recently. Obviously, I can't say in what context it was, but I was, <laughs> it was a really big it, it was it was a thing that I'm very glad that I, I caught myself because it, it can be really hard because you're so used to I mean, I'm used to talking with the crew and stuff about it. And we, you know, we get the scripts sort of sometimes out of order and it's really difficult to sort of keep tabs. So I have to, like, just before we did this interview, I read the descriptions of all the episodes just to make sure it didn't go beyond um, what I know or, you know, what I can say. But honestly, I have a horrible memory. So other than really, (laughs) really big things, I'm always surprised when I watch the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot we did that. Um, So that kind of works out. You might remember the classic Saturday Night Live skit with uh, William Shatner at a Star Trek convention. And uh, the Trekkies are asking him questions like, what was the combination of your safe and Captain Kirk's quarters in episode five or whatever it was? And (laughs) and he's just looking at at them like they're insane. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Do you have those moments from time to time? Uh, no one's been that bad. I think everyone kind of knows it's a show. I, if it was at Trekkie level or Star Wars level, I think it would be, you know, people are very into the details and the minutia. But uh, so far, I think people understand that I don't know that much. I go in and <laughs> I, I do the, you know, I do the voice and the character. But I could imagine that Lauren and Joaquin must get stuff like that or uh, some of the writers must get those kinds of questions. But no one's asking me about like, how does a, uh, what are the, the, all the time stuff? Like I, I've seen a lot of fan questions about what are the different uh, denominations of time and how does that pan out? And um, yeah, I wouldn't want to have to answer those questions. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so I got a question. Please go ahead. Does Neil have any hard feelings over you basically knocking him off the show? <laughs> I think he does. Um, I think he does. Uh, when we first met, was I believe that the day he the day he bit it. I think the day he died was the day I met him. We had recorded separately, and so there was this really weird. T- I mean, we're friends now, but there was this <laughs> weird tension when I is like I come in and I'm the new guy, and I was like, "Hey, I'm you know Prince Lotor," and he's like, "Oh." And I was like, who are you? He's like, I'm Zarkon. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And like they were signing, they had like a poster they were signing for him and they had like a cake or something. I don't really remember. But it was just this funny, very bizarre feeling of like, oh, I'm, I felt apologetic. I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but like, obviously I didn't write the script or have anything to do with it. But um, I mean, he's, he's fine. He's, he's, he's a good, you know, good sport about it. But yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to be on the show constantly? I mean, we're all fighting just to hang out and be you know be in the booth so yeah it, it i don't know if there's any animosity but he's definitely like oh i'll get you next time gadget <laughs> so you don't think that the show should be changed to low tour and the paladins or something like that it should be like slimer and the real ghostbusters it could nice. be <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh, loving these references by the way oh yeah no problem i mean that's my that's my wheelhouse 
but yeah, I mean, I think it should be changed to that. It should be Lotor and, and the real Voltron, the real Paladins. Nice. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> or, or just a buddy cop show with Zarkon and, and Lotor. It just completely changed the genre. We'll have to bring Zarkon back as a clone or something. Is, is that okay? Fine with that. As long as he doesn't have a, a need for revenge. As long as we could reprogram him somehow so he doesn't <laughs> exact revenge. Like uh, Sanford and Son, the Galra version or something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> hey, Hunerva, this is the big one. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. There were two instances in this season where Lotor is kind and gentle almost to a fault. Uh, the first time is when he he gets to show everybody all the the people that are the highest ranking people in the Galra Empire. And before he does that, he asks Salura, "May I?" And he's talking about like using her computer to be able to punch this up. Right. What did you think of that moment where he's just like asking her permission? Is it okay if I do this? I think it's cute. Yeah. Anytime he does. Those kinds of things, those little moments are adorable. That moment where he touches his cheek, <laughs> where he when he sees the marks, I love that. I mean, he's you know he may be a little off the wall, but he's he's still a, a person. He still has feelings, and um, I, yeah, I love those moments. The more moments like that, the better, because I don't feel like they're disingenuous. I you know I a lot of fans feel like maybe he's manipulating them, and maybe he is, but I play it from a you know from the perspective of this is really how he feels this is really you know in the moment you know he's just being like hey can i use your laptop <laughs> you know um he's Are not gonna eat that <laughs> yeah exactly and then the other moment was when they were in hagar's lair and he tells alora alora i can't do this without you and he grabs her hand right there's a moment there yeah there's definitely there's definitely some uh I, I don't know, a kinship between them. There's definitely some tension. No tension. Maybe tension's not the right word. Uh-oh. I see the, the shipping fans are vibrating. Um, <laughs> there's a connection there. There's a there's an understanding. And I think there's, like I said before, there's that need to want to relate on a deep level. I mean, when you meet someone who comes from a very similar background like they do, there's this need to want to sort of, you know feel the same feelings or express things and that sort of intimacy that you get from like, oh my God, you know, like I come from an Italian family from New Jersey too and my parents were great, you know what I mean? Like that's, mm -hmm. there's that need to want to connect on a, on a deep level and it's really sweet to see him, you know, try to reach out to her on that level and not just be using her for, you know, his, his needs because he could easily do that. He could easily be the person that's just, you know, like it's very obvious he's manipulating them into uh, I'm getting what I want. But I, I think he really genuinely wants a connection. Mm -hmm. I just have one question. And I don't know if you can answer this or not. But how old is Lotor? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I've thought about that, too. Because Zarkon's, what, like 10,000 years old or something? And yeah. Lothar, uh, Alora's, like, also 10,000 years old? I mean, he's got to be in his mid-6,000s or something, right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Alora slept through most of it. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm very curious to know that as well. Uh, I've guessed... I've never actually asked, but I just assume he's kind of... I don't know. I mean, he looks like he's, like, 26. So maybe, maybe he was born you know, like 26 years ago, but I feel like he's an older, he's kind of like Aragorn. He's a, he's a Dunedai. He's, he's got a long lifespan. Ah, cool idea. I like it. <laughs> well, most of the fandom has seen you as a baby now, so they love Lotor baby. <laughs> I love Lotor baby as well. I, uh, yeah, it's, he's, he's adorable. So will Lotor baby be in the new boss baby show? 
Of course, <laughs> absolutely. He's going to take over for Boss Baby. I mean, you know, Benjamin Kaltenecker is uh, line producing that show now. So is um, he really? That's yeah. Funny. So there you go. Yeah, there we go. I have I have an end. As ba- imagine that would be such a strange. I mean, I know Voltron the toy was in the movie, so you know right. who knows. And we are still waiting for the action figure for Lotor. Oh, every day, every day, I'm like, hey, playmates, <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. I, I I can't wait to that. You know, that's the dream that for me, for a young kid to have to be in any way related to an action figure that you that's you or you know in some form. But I I can't wait. You know, and I a hot topic. I'm waiting for the. Uh, you know, I'll peek into a hot topic. Every once in a while, I'll be like, is there any load tour stuff? And nothing yet, but hopefully one day. <laughs> well, I know you're on a quest right now. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no. I mean, I'm always on a quest, but what are you talking about? You are on a quest to answer all of your fan mail. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Okay, I've been I've been watching you from afar. <laughs> you seem to uh, genuinely want to answer every fan that writes to you or sends you stuff. I'm desperately trying to. I didn't think I'd be getting as many as I got. So um, it's been uh, it's been interesting. I've been getting packages coming out. Like it's been in my mailbox. It's been in like the front room where we have like packages, and then some will arrive at my door. So I feel like it's like in Harry Potter when the Hogwarts letters are coming in through the eggs, and they're in the fireplace, and I'm like, oh, okay. So it's 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 been I mean, it's not overwhelming. It's just been more than I expected. So it's been great. It's a lot of fun to read everyone's reactions and get these awesome drawings. And the one girl sent me, I believe her name was Hannah. Um, I'm so bad at names. I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, but sent me like hand wrapped like rocks or stones that were wrapped in wire. And um, someone sent me, uh, I believe her name is Allison CW. Maybe I'm getting that wrong or CM. She gave me a bunch of fresh prints like low tour, but as fresh prints, prints. And um, I have that hung up on my wall. And actually, funny story, uh, this guy came to my apartment today who was doing uh, work on the, the fire alarms. And as he was leaving, he stopped and he pointed at the poster. He goes, hey, that poster's really cool. He's like, I'm a big Voltron fan. Do you are you do you work on Voltron? I was like, yeah, I voice uh, Prince Lotor. And he lost his mind. And he was like, what? And so I had a bunch of those prints. The, this uh, this girl gave me like eight or nine prints or something, and so I signed one for him. It gave it to him, and he was ecstatic. So it was uh, it was really funny. But um, yeah, definitely on a quest to answer as many of those as I can. Uh, specifically, the people who sent me envelopes, the people who didn't send me self-addressed envelopes, I've now burned their letters and danced upon the ashes. Oh <laughs> man! Wow! No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I said I would do that. I was like, if you don't send yourself, wow, that's, <laughs> that's got real dark. dark. Man. I got a second letter from one person who was like, "I'm so sorry. Please don't dance upon my letter. I I, for, I forgot to send you a uh, you know an envelope." And so they sent me a second letter with an envelope and like a drawing and an apology. And I thought that was really cute. But um, yeah, I'm sending out as as you know as many as I possibly can, and hopefully they're all making their way to me because you know. The mail is notoriously unreliable, so it's very possible things are getting lost. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's it's not like owls, okay? You can really trust owls to send the message. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So there's this first question that comes from Jocelyn that re- is really centered around your mail. So <laughs> she says, I just want to say thank you for giving life to the gorgeous Prince Lotor with your amazing talent. You're very much loved. <laughs> you're you're welcome, Jocelyn. She says, most fans do not get a chance to go to many conventions often. Do you have a P.O. box address in which fans can send you mail or gifts? 
If so, is it possible for fans to send a prepaid envelope in which you can autograph prints for fans? <laughs> Many thanks and keep being amazing. Well, thank you, first of all. Uh, thank you. What was her name? I can't remember her name. Jocelyn. 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 What an incredible letter. But I, I do have an address, although it's in the dark webs. It's somewhere on my Twitter. I feel like I've annoyed my agents. You can send it to my agency and they'll forward it to me. I don't have a P.O. box yet. But if you forward it, send it to my agents. Uh, I'm sure someone on Tumblr or, or Twitter will, will help them out or maybe Google it. That's the best way to uh, send something to me. But I'm not tweeting it out again because I don't want my agents to get mad at me. But it's out there. It's out there in the deep dark darkness of space. <laughs> so you don't want us to post it on this podcast page yeah let's let's we'll make it a it'll be a quest for them it'll be a mission for them until i get my own p.o box okay so the quest for fire begins on your twitter feed oh my <laughs> yeah it's gonna get real weird all right are you ready for some fan questions yes i'm ready now we only had 24 hours to to get these together and they came in like wildfire <laughs> so i didn't have a chance to organize them so these are going to be going to be all over the place. So I'm sorry about that. No, that's fine. All right. So the first one from Kira. Kira says, first off, I want to take this opportunity to say thank you, Mark and Greg, for being bastions of sanity in this crazy fandom world. Oh, my. <laughs> I know oftentimes when older properties get rebooted, people can act defensive and skeptical of the new material. But you guys have been so sweet and welcoming of both Legendary Defender and the new generation of fans that have come with it. We're, we're lucky to have you guys. Keep up the good work. I can see why you picked that completely at random, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. So now on to the question. I agree with that, by the way. I agree with that. I think that's, that's an important key thing. You don't want to be that one like Star Wars podcast that hates everything that comes out. Um, I mean, there's a place for that. But... Um, you know, for something like this, for Voltron, it's a very optimistic, it's about, you know, acceptance and, and positivity. And I think you guys do a really great job of that. So I agree. Thank oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Lotor has been a favorite of mine ever since he first showed up. Super gorgeous space elf. <laughs> What's not to love? Am I right? Right. I agree. But his arc in season five in particular was so well written and performed and really struck a chord for me personally. As someone who is biracial, the whole struggle of wanting to know more about a culture that comprises half your being, only to then find yourself in many ways locked out of it despite your best efforts, hit unexpectedly close to home. Can you elaborate a bit on what it was like to play that aspect of the character? Oh, wow. Well, that's A, that's incredible that it hit home. I mean, it's such a, yeah, you know, that, that is a struggle when you come from two worlds like that. I mean, I have friends that some of my friends, you know, it's like I'm I'm half Cuban and but I look, one of my friends is half Cuban, but he looks white. You know, his whole family, they all look very Cuban and they're, you know, they're, they're all uh, engrossed in the culture. But they always I forget they have some nickname for him. That's basically like he's like the ugly duckling because oh he my. looks I know he, he basically I mean, he didn't get off bad. He looks like Chris Pratt, but um, he's still he stands out with his family. And it's really, you know, he, there's this feeling of like, well, you know, you don't look Cuban enough for us. And it's, it's sort of an odd um, it's an odd thing. Boy, did I really just go off on a tangent, but I understand. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about it. He just texted me, too, so that's why I was thinking about it. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, that must be so difficult for, I mean, for Lotor, he's got these two warring nations, basically. I mean, the Altans and the, the, the Galra are, you know, it's like the, what's the Capulets and the, you know, it's like <laughs> Montagues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. It's sort of forbidden for them to kind of, 
interweave and and for him to be sort of this in between you know that's got to be really difficult because what side is he you know who is he allegiant to and sort of coming to terms with that at least for him has got to be very difficult but i think that's what makes him stronger he's the combination of both and i think that's the same thing for people that are mixed races i mean you're this beautiful you know amalgamation or, or creation of all these different things you're not just you know, uh, white bread or wonder bread, you're not one ingredient. And I think that you get to pull from all those things and that's incredible. Um, so I hope I answered that correctly and didn't insult my friend, Dan. I I don't know. Oh, now I said his name, (laughs) but there he is. (laughs) And thank you, Kira, for that question. Yes. Thank you, Kira. That was a cool question. I I hope I did it any justice or even made any sense. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the sense that you're, you're talking about how he uh, has this conflict, uh, Lotor in some ways reminds me of Spock from Star Trek, where he's got the whole Vulcan thing and the human thing and doesn't quite fit in with either and and uh, the struggle that he goes through. So anyway, there's a there's your Star Trek reference. We talked about Trekkies, so there you go. <laughs> right. Keith is half Galra, so... Right. And he's not showing any signs. You think he'd get along with Keith? I don't know. I don't know about that. But I, I feel like Keith must have, like, perpy... Perpy. He must have perpy... <laughs> Like a purple furry back or something. There's got to be something Galra about him. He's too... He's hiding something. I think he pees purple. Is that what it is? He's he's makes purple pee-pee. Oh, God. You can cut out everything I'm saying right now. (laughs) Let's make purple pee-pee. Yeah, Keith makes purple pee-pee. Oh, don't tell DreamWorks I said that. Um, I blame... Who said that? Was that Mark or... uh, or Greg? Uh, Yeah, that was all you. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, uh, Bloody Lana asks, uh, what do you think Lotor will think about Hagar being his mother when he finds out? And why does Lotor hate Hagar so much? I, I mean, she doesn't seem particularly nice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as someone who's dealt with a parent, you know, parents who were divorced and then suddenly they bring in, you know, like a, a girlfriend or a new husband or a new wife. There's always this animosity in the beginning. And it's not like Hagar is really doing her, pulling her weight to make him like her. So I, I don't think, I mean, when he finds out, if he finds out that she's, you know, I, I feel like he'll hate her even more because she turned into this monster, basically. So, um, mm. I mean, I don't know. It really wasn't her fault. I mean, that was the whole quintessence thing that just took a hold of her. Well, he doesn't know that. Not yet, at least. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, maybe he'll be more empathetic or maybe they'll be this. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll finally get to have a talk. They'll have to sit down and have a nice chat. But um, she clearly has it out for him or they, they, there's clearly some tension there. She definitely had an opportunity to have told him at some point. You'd think that, you know, in their 10,000 years of existence together or 6,000 or whatever it is. At some point, this maybe should have come up. Like, Lotor, let me sit you down, honey. I have something to tell you. Yeah. Is, is that your best Cree summer right there? That's my best Cree, honey. Let me sit you down. I sound like Krusty the Clown. You sound like a, a server at, at Michael's Diner or something like that. You know, what can I get you, love? What can I get you, honey? Yeah. That's I, was thinking of, I, was, I was thinking of that troll in Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know, under the bridge, you know. What oh, is your I, name? What is your quest? <laughs> I feel like Krusty uh, the Clown. I'm just like, all right, all right, kids. Like, I'm just, he's just, yeah. My hat guard is just Krusty the Clown, basically. Uh, I've offended everyone. I've offended, no. <laughs> I'm offending Cree and I'm uh, purple peepee. Anyway. Okay. So this one comes from Annalie. 
What motivated you to become a voice actor in the first place? Marty McFly. Um, that was the, the original motivation. I, I mean, it wasn't... One of my friends had joked years ago, he was like, you're going to be a voice actor. And I was like, ha ha, yeah, like that's ever going to happen. And, you know, it wasn't something I was gunning for even a little bit. I mean, I acted and stuff and it was, I enjoyed it, but um, I thought I was going to make films. And uh, that was sort of my main drive. And it wasn't until I saw the Back to the Future game was going to be released that I was like, well, I do a good Marty McFly impression. I'll send that out there to Telltale. And they... Um, I left a message as Marty and they heard it and then they asked me to do like a formal audition and then I didn't hear anything back for months and then it turns out I got it after I'd moved to LA which was super super lucky mm. and but that was kind of the beginning of it and once I did it it was so much fun I was like oh my god this is like the greatest job ever you get to pretend to be and I was such a huge Back to the Future fan and still am but such a big fan of being these characters getting to be Marty and that's sort of what turned me on to all of it is I was like oh this is really sort of intoxicating. It's fun to get to inhabit these characters and not have to be out in, you know, the snow and the cold and, you know, with when you're on sets and stuff, it, it's not so fun, depending on the set. Mm -hmm. But uh, with voice acting, you get to be warm and drink tea and, you know, it's like a limit of like four hours and then you get to go home. So it's, uh, it's very um, addicting. Has anybody ever actually come into the studio dressed in their pajamas? No, I've never seen anyone actually do that. Okay. Maybe Cree, now that I've said that out <laughs> loud, maybe Cree has done it. But I don't know. I, people make that joke all the time, but I don't I know. know that's actually that's... done it. Because you really, <laughs> you know, you don't go to Target in your pajamas. You know, you don't go to, I mean, maybe you do. But well, um, Walmart, Walmart seems, seems to, to be the place where that happens yeah. the most, yes. Yeah, is it really? There aren't yes. a lot of WalMarts in LA. There's like one Walmart opened in LA within like a hundred mile radius or something. So it's it's not something I frequent anymore. But uh, that's funny. So there's people just crawling around Walmart at like two a.m. in their in their jammies, in their pajamas, right? Indeed. Any that's time something of I day. can see Zarkon and 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 uh, Hagar doing, just like getting like ho hos and ding dongs and like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that's the fan art I want to see: Zarkon and Hagar and like. A six-year-old Lotor, like, holding up a Star Wars action figure and being like, oh, can I get it, mummy? <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Put it away, son. I Sorry. hate you, mommy. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you, <laughs> yeah. You're not my real mommy. Um, <laughs> that witch is not my mother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's where it came from. Yeah. Yes. She wouldn't buy him the uh, the Star Wars toy. Or the Malibu Barbie. Oh, the Malibu Barbie. Right, right, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a girl's toy. You don't know me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's why he hates her. That's yeah, that's you're right. Anyway, and Zarkon's just shaking his head. Let's go. It's 2 a.m. Anyway, <laughs> I can't do a good a good Zarkon. He's Neil. Neil goes to like a whole place. He, he like conjures up um, this dark spirit to make that voice happen. It is amazing. It just yeah. seems to come out of nowhere. Yeah. All right. This next one is from Amy. Even though the fandom is still divided when it comes to trusting Lotor, Season 5 showed him to be more of a benevolent ruler than his father. One of my favorite scenes is his story about the colony that his father destroyed and the fact that he was jealous that Alora got to grow up with Alfor because he wanted to be a space explorer like him. Did the direction Lotor took in Season 5 surprise you at all when you first got your scripts for those episodes? It's weird because I created this kind of backstory in my head where I felt not really a backstory, but I felt like this was coming from that kind of place or a feeling of uh, uh, not jealousy, but wanting to belong. And so I wasn't shocked. I was just kind of like, oh, there it is. You know what I mean? Like there's 
a bit of the explanation, there's some of the heart to this villain, which is what, I mean, he's being painted as a villain, but I don't necessarily see him that way. And it was nice to see that. It was nice to see what I was sort of imagining was true. Because I even was trying to play him softer in the beginning, and I was trying to play with some of that stuff. And they were like, no, 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 like, keep him keep him pretty consistent. And I think that made it ultimately more satisfying now when you get to see him flip, where he gets to be more of a person. Okay. So Mika says, I'll start off by saying AJ is my favorite repeat guest of yours, not just because Lotor is my favorite character, but because he's so funny, relatable, and I love hearing his take on all things Voltron. <laughs> Thank you, Mika. I love your music. Um <laughs> <laughs> because uh never mind anyway it's a stupid joke please please go on i adored his betrayal in season five we got to see a lighter cuter side of lotor as we saw him go through hagar's altean stash mustache altean stash her mustache uh, her uh hagar's <laughs> altean mustache please continue right. i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> and i was so excited when we learned he's an explorer Lotor has probably visited many civilizations in his travels and learned a ton about different races and traditions. I wonder, if he were to visit Earth, what do you think Lotor would find most curious about humanity and or Earth as a planet? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I feel like I've had this discussion with someone before, but I can't remember what my answer was, so I have to think of something. I feel like he'd find maybe films intriguing or, or the idea that you do stuff for play. I don't know if that's something that's you know he's experienced or at least it hasn't come up in the show yet the idea that we create cartoons or create movies um i'm sure he's experienced music and stuff like that but the idea that we create this sort of alternate reality you know like voltron where we portray ideologies and emotions and things might be mind-blowing to him or he might not you know he might not understand it i feel like he'd be fascinated by that like what a strange cultural thing that we do as humans and so um I don't know, to me, I feel like there's so many things about humanity, though, that he might be fascinated by. Although I have a feeling he'd want to leave as quick as possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it's dirty here. <laughs> it's filthy. It's filthy. <laughs> Mummy. Yeah, no, that that might be uh, maybe where that it takes a turn. Or unless he winds up in like New Zealand or something where it's beautiful. If he, if he winds up like in New York or L.A., he'd probably be like, never mind. So <laughs> I really like to go to New Zealand. Me too. One day. Yeah. Go to Ho- I just want to go to Hobbit. And I mean, that's all uh, I feel like us Americans we associate with New Zealand is like, <laughs> just want to see all the Lord of the Rings sets. And I want to drink at the Green Dragon and nice. uh, or the Prancing Pony, whatever it is there they have go. there. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one day. Okay. I just want to have second <laughs> breakfast. Yes. Oh, huh. always. <laughs> all right. This one is from Diana C. How did it feel when you first tried out for the role of Lotor? felt like greeting an old friend. <laughs> I've told this story before, but it was, you know, the character was kind of based off another character for a for a thing that for a movie I was working on that was canceled. And so it was it was familiar and I liked that character a lot. I just gave him a sort of edge. But it felt good. I mean, there's certain auditions it sounds weird, but there's I mean, you don't always get them, but there's certain auditions where you really feel something and you feel this connection and I mean, it's different than on camera that, you know, you're throwing a heart and face and everything into that and your whole body. But there's sort of this weird, I don't know how to say it other than like spiritual connection where you're like, I, you know, I felt that I get that. And um, for this audition, I definitely felt that. And there's a couple others that I've had that with where I'm like, wow, I really, I don't know, it, it sort of resonated with me on some level. And it's a character that I enjoyed doing. I was like, man, I would love to do that voice. So yeah, it felt amazing to audition for. And then when I actually got it, I was like, holy crap. Um, I, I get to do this now, so it was very exciting. 
Well, Diana says, first off, she wants to say thank you for all you do on the show. You're welcome, Diana. Thank you for letting me do all those things on the show. (laughs) (laughs) I said that so awkwardly. Go ahead. (laughs) She says, I feel like you have the perfect voice for Lotor. It can be honorable and innocent, but also poisonous and conniving. Wow. And thank you for listening to us and answering our questions. Repit saw. (laughs) Repit saw. That's amazing. Yes, of course. Uh, Anytime, Diana. All right, this one is from Dude Man Merlanda. Dude Man Merlanda, excellent. Awesome. Yes. If Lotor has white hair, does that mean he's of royal Altaian blood? Ooh, good question. Mm. Um, I don't know if that is a genetic thing. I really have no idea, to be honest. I have no idea. That's my answer. <laughs> because the only other Altaians that we saw with white hair are Alora and Alfor. Oh, hmm. That's an interesting question. I uh, I don't know. I've never paid attention to that, to be honest. I mean, there's got to be like one other dude, you know, like one, like some Altan named Gary that also has white hair. I can't imagine they've isolated the gene to just be, uh, you know, maybe they have to just be Altan royalty. It's that the Gary be, gene. Yeah, that would be hard to maintain. Could you imagine like having to constantly, I don't know, the, the, the implications of how to breed so you only have white hair? That's just a whole nightmare. <laughs> Arnerva didn't have white hair. Zarkon had no hair. So, yeah, how does that work? I don't know. Uh, maybe a great-great-grandfather had some royal blood or grandmother <laughs> or something. Okay, this next one comes from Elucida. Elucida says, what were some of your favorite performances this season? Uh, my own. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> favorite performances... It's. I mean, I'm always a fan of all their performances. That's what's so tough. I mean, I'm always constantly freaking out. going, oh, my God, that was so good. Oh, my God, they're so good. Oh, I love Max. Oh, I love Josh. Oh, I love, you know, like there's always I'm always freaking out uh, about everyone. So, God, favorite. This this might be a curveball, but I loved the robot Paladude guy. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it necessarily is performance, but just that character to me was sort of a standout character. Like I was so in love with him. I, I, yeah, that's. <laughs> I loved everything about him. Uh, that's what stands out in my brain. But I'm sure if I went back, I'd kick myself and be like, "Oh, there was that moment." But it's been a little while since I've watched the whole season, so I'm I'm trying to remember specific moments. But I mean, I'm always I'm always impressed by everybody and always just enjoy what they come up with, you know. So um, everyone, everyone is my answer. <laughs> that that's a cop out. I'm sorry. He's my hero. <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing i've ever seen yeah i love that part okay another question is why do you think lotor could wield the black bayard huh what are the rules for wielding a bayard you guys would know better than i would um is there are there specific things where it's like you have to have purple back hair or pea purple is that what is the <laughs> <laughs> Usually you can only wield a Bayard if the lion has accepted you. Uh, can you? Uh, do well, we know that for sure? I don't know. It's it's just that we know that the power wasn't passed through the family because Alora couldn't get the red lion, even though she really desperately wanted the red lion. And Black Lion must see something great in him, or was it because Shiro or Kuron gave it to him? Huh. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, maybe it was a convenient thing to do for the writers. So they. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just, 
I just figured Lotor read the instruction manual. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. He read the back of the box, and if you collect right. all five, uh, you could form an Ultron. Um, nice. Yeah, that's actually, that's exactly what you can do with that. But um, I don't know. I mean, we've never seen that explicitly laid out. I mean, maybe it does have, has anyone else tried to use a Bayard and has it like, had it like fizzle out? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. It's not like Han using Luke's lightsaber to cut open, you know, an animal or something like that, you know? Right. Well, because I always wondered about that, too. I mean, there's debates about, like, oh, so-and-so can't turn on a lightsaber, but then Han picks up that, you know, picks up the lightsaber. And anyway, um, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good, that's an interesting question. I mean, it might just be maybe the Bayard recognizes his connection to, the, you know, Zarkon, maybe? I don't know, because we didn't see Alora try to pick up a Bayard and have it, like, only spark, right? Yeah. Uh, so maybe the lion's a totally separate thing from the Bayard. Yeah, I'm thinking that myself, but who knows? Because the Bayard don't, you know, unless they're like the, what's the HR Puffin stuff, like that pipe. I don't know why this is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> they have like personalities, but, you know, like the Bayards aren't like that. Right. Um, Living Island, yeah. Yeah, that would be horrifying, though, if they had little, <laughs> that face freaked me out as a kid the, on the, anyway. Yeah, okay. It's funny that you mentioned HR Puffin stuff, because... Lenny Weinrib was the original uh, performer and voice of, of H.R. Puff and stuff, as well as the voice of the original Lotor. Oh, weird. Yes. Isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. I, did, I, I walked right into that. You have a <laughs> spiritual connection to all the former Lotor voice actors. I, and H.R. Puff and stuff. And H.R. Puff. Yeah, exactly. It's funny. The guy, the same guy who uh, I saw, the, the guy who was doing the maintenance on our fire alarm today, was like, you know, man, you sound just like the original guy. And I was like, that's really funny. I don't agree with you, but I, I, I appreciate the compliment very much. Like, he was, it was so heartfelt that I was like, I, dude, that means a lot to me that you think that. So that's awesome. Okay, so this one comes straight from Brazil. Brazil, okay. We are great fans from Brazil, and we love season five. Lotor was totally the star of the season. 10 out of 10 for AJ's sexy British accent. Whoa. <laughs> Wow, thank you, Brazil. As foreigners, we want to know if you've ever watched Voltron dubbed in other languages. Yes, I have, and it is glorious. I, I definitely have. I watched uh, Lotor's speech, because I, I, I had to know. I was like, what have other guys done with this speech? The very first intro scene in Spanish, uh, which is incredible. The Spanish, I mean, I can't even slightly do it justice, but he sounds like Antonio Banderas. Like, he's got a beautiful voice, that guy. Uh, I I mind-blowing and the italian i think there was an italian dub that i listened to too or, or something like that and that, all of them were awesome but specifically the spanish one was like earth shattering i was like this guy's killing it so yes i have listened to him uh, a few of them i don't remember what other ones i've listened to but i remember those specifically sticking out they say we can say brazilian portuguese version is awesome please give it a try okay <laughs> with love misa cow marina papu and renatha Wow, that's a lot of people who wrote one letter. Yep. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Okay. This comes from Jeremy Shada Owns My a <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that on this podcast? I, I don't know, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way. <laughs> if you bleep it, I think it'll be even funnier if it's just... Yes. Because Owns is... I actually remember this. I've seen this handle before on, I don't know if yes. it's Instagram, or, and I think it's very funny. So uh, please, please go on. And I'm sorry that... <laughs> that Jeremy owns that part of your anatomy. <laughs> so 
I wanted to also ask AJ what his relationship with Neil is like. Like, do you guys act like father and son when not online or filming? And how close are you guys? <laughs> um, a little bit. There's definitely a little bit of that sort of like, oh, you kind of uh, chummy quality to our kind of, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, but yeah, we definitely have that kind of dynamic. We've been meaning to get lunch for forever and hang out, but we haven't uh, yet. I mean, we hang out when we're at sessions and when we do, you know, like after buzz and stuff like that. But um we haven't <laughs> we haven't gone on a cross country road trip uh, to go see Powerline yet, um, but one day, that was a goofy movie reference for the for the for the <laughs> who don't know. We had the AfterBuzz people on our podcast once. I don't know if you listened to that one or not. Maybe I don't remember. Was it a while ago or was it? Uh... Yeah, it was a while ago. Then yeah. I, I probably have. So uh, the next one is from Fazili. You may know me as the cosplayer in the Petiolora that has been circulating lately on Twitter. Yes. Alternate universes, AUs for short, are part of the fandom culture. I was wondering, in an AU where Lotor and his family were human, therefore no magic whatsoever, what kind of life do you imagine him living and what kind of relationship does Lotor have with his parents? Ooh. I do know that cosplay, by the way. They they got my Velotor Raptor shirt. Oh yeah. Uh, to Ooh. use for there, which I was so honored. I didn't think anyone would want to buy that shirt, and I think it's it's really cool that a couple people have gotten it and have sent me photos of them. It's 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 a raptor as Lotor, inspired by the Twitter handle Velotor Raptor. I was like, that's so brilliant. I gotta nice. I gotta turn that into a like a drawing, and so I sort of Frankenstein some of my pre-existing drawings together and 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 sent that out there. But um, but anyway, so I know that the the Petiolora. Uh, and it's great. What was the question? Oh, AU. Okay. Um, it's AU where where there's no magic whatsoever, and low tours on Earth. And how do you imagine his life? And what kind of relationship does he have with his parents? I feel like it would be kind of. I'm trying to think. I just watched this documentary called like The Queen of Versailles. Have you guys seen this? It's. Um, I have not. <laughs> Okay, it's it's like this very very wealthy family who owns like the world's biggest house that was like in Florida. I imagine they sort of have so the father is kind of like really detached and he's obsessed with having uh, money and having a bigger house and he's a bit older and she's this sort of you know the wife is kind of this younger lady attractive lady and she's got like a million kids or whatever and um, there's just sort of this distance there's this kind of wealth and distance the family has between the kids and the parents I don't know I imagine Lotor would, that's kind of what I feel like their dynamic would be but Lotor would be like the young kind of rebellious kid or he'd be like a Draco Malfoy I'm not really sure but I feel like he would want to break out of that um, a Malfoy's is kind of a good comparison where I could see them being very similar to that but I feel like Lotor isn't so much a bully as much as he's like, I don't like this lifestyle. Like I, you know, I want to go, you know, tread my own path. So I don't know what what he would be like on Earth. He'd probably be like, I feel like he'd be like an Elon Musk or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> yeah, he wants to go up into space. Right. Yeah, he has big ambitions, but he's trying to do it his way. He doesn't want to do, um, you know what Zarkon would, I, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like Zarkon would be kind of like a Trump sort of character that, uh, that Lotor would want to move away from and be like, well, you did it that way. I'm going to try to do it this other more modern way. <laughs> cool. Okay. This is from C. Just C, the letter? That's spelled C-E-E. -E. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, can AJ please say razzle dazzle time in Lotor's voice? That would be amazing. <laughs> Razzle-dazzle time. 
That would be amazing. I knew you didn't want me to see that last part, but I did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wanted to see compare uh, Lotor saying that to the way that uh, Lance says it. Jeremy said, "Razzle dazzle time." He's got his high. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you got a pretty good Lance going on there. <laughs> I try not to do impressions to Jeremy. I don't want to insult him, but he's got—I mean, he's got quite a pitch on him. So he goes—he goes quite high up when he does some of that stuff, which is funny because in real life he doesn't really sound like that, but. Um, right. but that's how you know he's a good voice actor. Well, he he did sound like that for years as Finn. Right, right, right. Yeah, he had that high pitch. But uh, the funny thing is, is he also does impressions of Karan and and Reese. Right. So you know, I think it's okay if other people do impressions of him or Lance. That's true. That's true. I feel like his <laughs> is like accurate to Reese though. Like he's really doing like, oh right, they ain't like he's got like that sound down. Right. And uh but mine my impression of Jeremy is it's the same as Cree's where it's this really awful off the wall like <laughs> you know like I'm going way off the wall. So I feel like I, I shouldn't do it. Whereas he's trying to do justice to uh to Reese's uh, performance. Okay. Light blue Pika two says do you think Lotor will stay true to Voltron or do you think he will betray them? I have no idea. Um, I'm hoping he stays true to Voltron. I'm hoping he, you know, they become a team and then it just becomes Lotor presents the real Voltron. But uh, who knows? I mean, it's it's anyone's guess. Okay. Also, if I told you what I knew, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, right, right. Okay, so Stormy asks, did you anticipate such a huge reaction from the fans about your performance for season five? I think we were all kind of blown away by how amazing it was. Oh, well, thank you. Um, it's insane to get recognition for for getting, you know, for doing a performance of any kind. So it's uh, it means a lot to me. But um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I mean, for a lot of other projects, I'm used to kind of just you send things out into the world and then that's kind of it. You, you know, you don't necessarily always hear back. So to be hearing back rapidly, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I was never addicted to Twitter or never <laughs> addicted to Instagram. I didn't care about it. And um, now I have to force myself to take breaks because there's so much positive kindness and fan art and people just be like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Like, it's like a drug. Yeah, it's really addicting to have people be that consistently nice to you and mm. presenting like, you know, to be this nice. And so I have to, like, <laughs> separate myself from it lest I become vain and um, and insane. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty incredible to see the reaction. Everyone's been so nice, and I hope the show never ends so that, we, so that I could just constantly be validated. Um, <laughs> but no, it's been awesome. All right. Princess Ponies asks, <laughs> do you have a favorite Galra aside from Lotor? No. Next question. Uh, <laughs> no, um, let's see. I liked, uh, let's see, favorite Galra. That's, that's, uh, well... There's so much more of them now that season five came out. Yeah, my brain is kind of stuck. I, I mean, I love the generals. I know they're only half Galra, but it doesn't mean they're not Galra. Um, I, like just straight up Galra, like 100% pure Galra. I don't know. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, but I, his generals to me are the, the cream of the crop. I, I love them. You don't like Trug? Who's Trug? Trug's the one with like sort of the mohawk almost. I don't the kind of hair. One of the many Galra vying for the throne. I don't, they all have names like Spork and Oog and, and stuff. <laughs> <so> I don't. <laughs> hey, they're Spork, hard. Spork is my favorite now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite Galra is Spork and Oog. Spork and Oog. That could be a whole new show. <laughs> um, 
but I can't. I don't know. I liked Throck uh, actually because I like doing scenes with uh, with Tony Coran was really fun. Um, so I enjoyed Throck and his low tour. He's got this like you know this this deep. Uh, I don't remember if he was British or Scottish or whatever his, his accent was. He was really fun to work with. That's from the inside. I, you know, as far as what I'm seeing on TV, I don't. I don't have a specific one I could recall. You had a nice little battle with Sendak. So uh, how far back do you and Sendak go? You mean as far as Lotor and uh, yeah, me and Jake, <laughs> the voice actor. <laughs> Jake, yeah. I uh, well, I don't know how far back they go. They, it seems like there's some history. I think Sendak definitely hates Lotor for one reason or another. But maybe it's just because he's pretty. Ah, it's the hair. It's always the hair, or or um, and the accent. Yeah, it's the accent, which we've never solved, have we? We don't really know why he has. <laughs> it's it's inherited from his Altaian side, I think. Oh yes. Yeah. So is is the British accent strictly Altaian? Because, well, Karan sort of has sort of like a New Zealand. <laughs> I have no idea. Maybe it's just I don't even know. I was trying to think of some random excuse or random thing like, well, maybe it's the way the show. Maybe the show's all written in a different language, and we're getting hearing the translation of it. So they had to hire Earth actors to represent the closest approximation. <laughs> you know, like that works. Yeah, but honestly, I have no idea. I think it's just it's what sounded the best. We're all actually the bugs from Men in Black. Oh, dear. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, the, uh, wait, explain yourself. What does that mean? You mean the big bugs or the little ones with the coffee? The big bugs, the one that got in the Edgar suit. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. I just watched that recently. That movie's so good. All right. So our next one's from Allison. Will you and Josh Keaton ever collaborate to make a Fresh Prince Low Tour of Bel Air parody song? <laughs> It's the, you're not the first person to ask this. Um, I don't know. I'm very lazy. And if Josh wants to take up the reins and make that happen, that's fine. Um, but I am, I don't know. I I've thought about it. I've thought about it a couple of times, but the actual thought of having to go through the process of doing it to me, it just sounds like a lot of work. I'd rather sit and draw and sculpt pumpkins. <laughs> Did you like participating in the you're welcome video? Oh yeah. That was so much fun, especially since I didn't have to do any work. I just showed up. And uh, and Josh had it all set up and had like Domino's pizza for us. And uh, so that was all very easy. Nice. All right, Domino's. Yeah. Free plug. Free plug, Domino's. Free plug for Domino's. <laughs> the official wrap pizza of local. Yeah, I, I made that joke to my girlfriend the other day and she was like, oh, I hate that. And I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Because she was like, za. And I was like, yeah, like za, like, never mind. Um, <laughs> rep pizza. Okay, so Olivia asks. What should Lotor's campaign slogan be for trying to get the entire Galra Empire to pledge their allegiance to him? Just trust me. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm not a crook. <laughs> what would his campaign slogan be? That's, an, that's a very difficult question. I would say Kralzera, just saying. Kralz that would be the whole slogan, just Kralzera, just saying. <laughs> I like that. He was the one that actually lit the flame. So. That's true. He's yeah, emperor. Yeah. There's the masses are easily manipulated. It's true. That's true. He did say that. I forgot about that line. But he was doing it for good. <laughs> That'll be his campaign slogan. The masses are easily manipulated, but I was doing it for good. <laughs> <laughs> Love Lotor. All right. Jenya asks, what does Lotor think of milkshakes? Uh, well, his milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he thinks about him. Uh, I'm sure he would love this. Uh, this feels like a weird question. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he would enjoy 
Uh, um, oh, we're talking about Kaltenecker. Now I get it. Okay. Yes. So all the right. whole the whole scene with Hal to Cal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Where Karan and Alora are actually watching the origin of where milkshakes come from, and when Lance gets next to this alien that they think is is similar to other aliens on Earth, and starts seeing him milk the cow. It just makes them feel sick inside. It's like when Luke did it on The Last Jedi. I was not down with that moment. If there's one thing I never need to see again, it's Luke suckling the teat of a space cow. I was, I mean, I was, I laughed my ass off, but I was, I was so shocked. I was like, oh God. Um, (laughs) So what would Lotor think of that? I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe he's seen some Galra cows. Maybe he's seen a, 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 I don't know. A, a lactating Galra at some point. I don't know if it's something they could provide. <laughs> so maybe he wouldn't be shot. He's an explorer, let's not forget. So maybe he's seen other cultures where this is not as crazy. But for Alora and Koran, who've been locked away for 10,000 years, maybe this is this is very strange to them. So I don't know. Maybe, he's, maybe he wouldn't be so shocked. I feel like it would be hard to shock him. So if it did shock him, that would just be funny to see. I think anything shocking him would be funny to see. Yeah, I, I agree. Anything that throws him off his guard or makes him laugh is is fine by me. Yeah. Okay, we had mentioned this one earlier. DJ Squirrel says, <laughs> do you think Lotor and Loki would get along? Ah, there's that question again. I don't know, because I feel like they would on some level, because they are similar, but I feel like Loki's maybe too much of a jerk. Also, they're too, anyone I've met that's too much like me, I don't, I just don't get along with them very well. I don't know why that is. Um, Because it's like, no, I'm the me of this reality. (laughs) So maybe they would have that sort of feeling where it's like, I'm, you know, I'm the Loki or I'm the Lotor of this existence. You you go to your own, you know, alternate reality. So maybe, maybe a little, or like I said, they, they'd be holding hands and and skipping through the fields. And I don't even know. (laughs) They'd be best (laughs) friends. Okay. Kylie asks, do you think the generals will ever join up with Lotor again, or are they officially on different sides now? I have no idea. We'll have to wait to find out. I'm sorry, Kylie. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> Riku says, how do you think Lotor will react when or if he finds out Hagar has been spying on him? Uh, I mean, I don't think anyone uh, would be would take that well. I feel like he's going to be pretty upset uh, if he finds that out. Could you imagine if you're... If you're evil stepmother had a nanny cam installed in one of your friend's heads, <laughs> you know, like he already killed Narty over it. That's true. Mm, and yeah. I'm, yeah. And I'm sure he didn't, uh, I'm sure he didn't feel good about not killing Narty. I'm sure he enjoyed that, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but I'm sure he, he wasn't, if he knew what was up, he knew it was Hagar, right? I don't remember to be honest. It's about as much as you, you enjoy burning mail and then stomping all over it. Right. Exactly. That's my favorite <laughs> thing to do. Um, <laughs> something's got to keep me warm. So it might as well be the fan mail without return envelopes, but, um, <laughs> not true it's very warm in la i don't need anything to keep me warm i don't even remember the question what was the question (laughs) it was how do you think lotor will react if and when he finds out that hagar has actually been spying on him oh i think he just he'd be very cranky he he wouldn't be happy about that Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) oh 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 you you had talked about uh one of your favorite characters being the the robot that says later paladudes yeah Mm -hmm. love him okay so this is the perfect one. A. Summers asks, how do you think Lotor handled Pidge, Hunk, and Lance's shenanigans in Bloodlines? 
I think he would have been amused by it, to be honest. I think he would have been like, all right, you know, that's fine. I don't think he cares at all. I don't think he would care at all that they got rid of one robot, you know, or or did that. I think he'd be like, all right, as long as it kept him happy. I think he wouldn't even, you know, like I made a comment earlier that anytime someone makes a joke, he almost doesn't notice. I feel like it would be kind of the same thing where he'd be like, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> it would move on. He'd be like mildly amused and then move on to whatever he had to actually do that day. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> so Carla says, I love your voice. Greetings from Mexico. Well, thank you, Carla. Is it difficult to voice Lotor or are you just that talented to express emotions? And do you feel <laughs> some sort of connection to your character after all this time? Is it di- Wow, there's a lot there. Uh, is it difficult to voice Lotor? No. It's not, I, I don't know, that's tough, because I, I can't, I don't want to say that's not challenging, but I don't think it's difficult. It's fun. I mean, I find it's really enjoyable. I mean, there are times where the lines can be really difficult, where things are, you know, there's words that are not real words, and I have to ask a thousand times, how do you pronounce Aksha and Nardi and all those things, and, you know, we go over them many times, so that could be a challenge. It's just a joy to do. Uh, all those emotions and stuff are I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, it's there. It's in the script. I know where he's going. I know how he feels. And and I do relate to that. I relate to a lot of the stuff he's going through on some level. And if I can't relate to it, I have to find some way to relate to it. Or, you know, we've all been in situations that are, you know, they're not necessarily similar to that, but you can sort of compare them to something else in your own life. And I sort of, I don't really go to that, but I understand it. And so that's what it's sort of filtered through is just kind of like, okay, you know, I've never fought a lion before, but I understand (laughs) the frustration of, you know, trying to overcome something and um, just putting your all into it. And, and, you know, like that moment, I mean, I'm just channeling my past experience through that. So there, uh, yeah, there you go. That's my Jeff Goldblum. I sort of peter out into, oh, yeah, right. And uh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> okay um our last uh podcast we had a voltron fan artist spotlight with Kay lionheart okay uh she says we voltron fans are incredibly proud of you for your awesome performances and wish you the absolute best in all your endeavors keep being wonderful oh thank you <laughs> and her question is are you a big voltron fan now do you like read theories from fans and chuckle to yourself about what's right and what's wrong and do you have your own little theories Yes. Well, I used to read theories at the beginning. And yes, I am I am a Voltron fan now, like 100%. I actually, awesome. maybe I've told this story before, but like when I got cast, I was, you know, it was a long time before the show actually came out. So we, when the first season landed, uh, I had quite a bit of time before my stuff would, you know, before I get to see anything Lotor related. And um, we, me and my girlfriend watched it and we were like, holy crap, this is really good. And so we watched it again. We went through, through the season like two or three times just because we enjoyed it so much, not because I was like, I got to remember all this. We were just like, this is just a really good show. So we couldn't wait for the next season. And yeah, it definitely turned me into a fan. And even if I hadn't been on the show, I still would have watched it because it's, I mean, it's got everything I kind of love. It's space and, and you know, and, and those kinds of, I don't know how to describe it, like Goonies type quality of like kids in space or kids all interacting on an actual genuine kid level. Plus it's got that Avatar quality to it, like the Last Airbender kind of quality to it that I love. And so, yeah, it turned me into a fan by accident, kind of, because I was like, oh, I'll take a look at this. But I, there was another part of that question. Sorry, I just rambled on and on as as one does. 
<laughs> well, the other part of it was basically the fan theories. Do you have your own little theories or do you just sit and chuckle about other fans' theories? <laughs> In the beginning, I did, especially when um, when Lotor was like announced. I was I, I definitely took a look at some of the Tumblr posts and things thinking, you know, who's going to be the voice. And then also after the first season, people were guessing all kinds of things. Yeah, I definitely had a good chuckle. And uh, there was even one that I saw, like, at the beginning, like, AJ, I could imagine him reading this and chuckling to himself. And I was thinking, like, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. I'm, like, walking my dog and reading this and chuckling, going, this is hilarious. And, you know, I can't <laughs> interact with this or any way, but I can definitely, I can look at this and and, uh, and have a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> the last couple times we talked to you, some of the big questions were about Lotor's hair. Right. What we're trying to figure out by now, because it's been a while is how come you haven't been in a hair commercial yet? <laughs> Me or Lotor? <laughs> you. Me? You should be you should <laughs> you should be in a hair commercial doing Lotor's voice. Oh, that, that's, that's, that that's would different. just kill everybody. I don't think my hair is that miraculous me personally, but Lotor's hair, yes, absolutely. If the if, if, if uh, L'Oreal or Lotoriel or uh, <laughs> Herbal Quintessence want to do a thing, I'm totally in to voice Lotor for that. Um, nice. And in fact, I think they'd make a lot of money doing a, a Lotor hair care line or an Alora hair care line. So uh, absolutely, anytime. Someone reach out to the hair people. <laughs> Herbal quintessence would be one of those things that you'd see in an actual TV show where they have to show the shelves. Right. Because they can't use the real name, they would call it Herbal Quintessence. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, they could definitely use it in this show. That would be, I would love to see that as an Easter egg and like if they do another Space Mall episode or something, an herbal quintessence shop. <laughs> that would rock. <laughs> okay, Carolyn says, the manner in which Lotor speaks to the other paladins besides Alora almost feels as if he doesn't speak to them directly. Right. Lotor speaks very formally and also more to the room rather than the individual. So you think that is because Lotor only views them as tools allies at the moment sure but not as individuals and the only reason he seems to make an exception with laura is their shared heritage that's an interesting question i mean that's kind of what i was referencing before is he exactly I, you know i mean my theory or my feeling on it is that he's uncomfortable still is he doesn't really know these people and he knows that they're judging him really really hard so he's trying to sort of put his best foot forward you know, I don't think he's he's not someone that's accustomed to opening up. And whereas you have like Hunk and Pidge and Lance and, you know, they're all very open, you know, and the, and he's probably a little off put by that. He's not used to dealing with emotions and, and people wanting to be liked and people being loving or people, you know what I mean? Like these are very weird things for him, probably. And if you look at all of the Galra, nobody's like, hey, man, you know, I'm having a rough day. Can I talk to you about it? And so like the idea of him trying to. You know, I, I totally get that. Him interacting with them on a broader scale is probably him keeping up a, a wall, you know, because he doesn't know how to approach this yet. This is very foreign to him. Hmm. Makes sense to me. So I got a question. Do you think Lotor knows that Keith really basically saved him when he was underneath the Crawl Zera, right? Right. And underneath the ceremony, he turned off some of the explosives that were set by doing so, he probably saved Lotor. How would Lotor feel about that? I think he'd be very grateful. <laughs> you know, I mean, any <laughs> anyone would be. I, I don't know if he knows, because that was the first part of your question, right? Right. I mean, did, did he know? I know he was talking to Keith, sort of, but he saw him with the blades 
uh, mask on. Right. Did he really know it was Keith or, you know, or the, even the fact that, that Keith had tried to save him? Huh. I mean, I don't know if he knew it was Keith. I don't know. Would he even care if it was Keith? Does he have really that much of a I don't think he does have as much of a connection to Keith at the moment. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, he'd definitely be thankful. He'd be like, yo, bro, <laughs> thanks for not letting me die. Another uh, angle is that maybe no one, maybe at the time, Lotor didn't know anyone had even tried to save him. I mean, you know, it, right. you know, you've gone through the ceremony and all of a sudden, bam, there are explosions. Uh, I don't think the first thought would be, wow, these explosions are a lot less than they could have been. You know what I mean? Right, right, it's, right. It's, dang, things blew up and I'm still alive, thank goodness, you know? Yeah, I think his only concern was, how can I strike the best pose? That was his, um, he needed to get that epic shot for the trailer. I think that was the really, uh, that was what was on his mind. Wow. <laughs> How can I strike the right pose? Always. That's always what he's worried about. <laughs> that reminds me, there was a question by somebody about the Voltron show. Okay. So the question was... You know how the Voltron show was, was broadcast across the universe, right? Across the galaxy? Right. Do you think Zarkon and Lotor saw the Voltron show, and what do you think they thought? <laughs> um, I don't know. I could imagine Zarkon sitting in front of his TV. Was it when he was sort of out for lunch? Was Or was he sort of knocked out, Zarkon? Because then he would have missed it unless someone recorded it on VHS. Um <laughs> But uh, I feel like he'd be pretty he'd be pretty pissed. I, I, he probably would not be happy by all the Bebo Bs and uh, or wait, was that the Bebo B one or yeah, that was the same. That's yep. the show, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the Bebo Bs were actually portraying both right. Hagar and Zarkon in that. Right, right, right. But Lotor didn't make an appearance, right? No, nope. he did okay. not. Because uh, I was going to say, if that's the case, that would have been my profile picture. A little Bebo B Lotor would have been beautiful. But uh, I feel like they'd just be. I feel like Zarkon and, and Hagar would be really not okay with it. They'd be like, this is insulting and disgraceful. And I feel like they would not, they would have no humor about it. Whereas I feel like Lotor would get a good chuckle out of it. Nice. Okay. All right. Jackie had about 19 questions, but we're going to keep this to one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Jackie says, uh, I'd like to apologize in advance for having 8 million questions. I just love AJ, Lotor, and Voltron. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. So, can you please tell whoever you gotta that we need good and reasonably priced merch? Wait, can I tell that they need good? <laughs> I have no control over. I'm like the last person. They have more of a, more of a voice than I do as far as merch goes. Uh, I would love to. Yes, please make good and quality. What, what was the other thing? Uh, reasonably priced merch. Right. Is it not currently? Is that the is that the issue? <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, some some things are more expensive than others. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I have no, I have no sway over that. Um, I, I don't know if you saw it or not, but what just came out uh, either yesterday or the day before was a set of three new items from Han Cholo. I did see that. I'm very excited about that. I like the, uh, I love the Allura ring. Um, I think that's really cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they are. This is their precious metals collection, and it's sterling silver, and it came with the paladin symbol necklace, which is the the silver V. Right. And then they also have the Blue Lion ring and the Alora ring. Yeah. So each of those is like either $150, $175, or $250. So that might have what they meant about reasonably priced merch. Well, it's, I mean, in that case, that I feel like that's a higher tier of, um, I mean, if they're referring to toys and stuff, those seem reasonable to me. But like, yeah. I mean, the Han Cholo stuff is incredible. Yes. I mean, I actually got to go 
recently to see his studio and I mean the craftsmanship and what they put into that stuff is I mean this is just my own opinion but it's worth even more than that you know like <laughs> you know like I was looking at what they do to make this stuff and I was like this is, this is insane so those things are I mean I think those those specifically are, are kind of worth it um they're pretty beautiful especially up close like I have the um the Voltron head ring the one from uh what's it called uh deadpool right and uh right. it's so cool i mean it's so big and it's it's heavy and it's it's gorgeous and it's really cool Th- that's the thing about what his stuff is. i don't mean to go off on a, a whole tear about Hancholo stuff but like it's so cool that this there's this niche market that wants things like that that wants you know like masters of the universe rings and voltron and stuff like it's so cool that we live in a time where like, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't get something like that. It would be like oh, a limited, right. you know, at the most, it'd be like a limited edition thing in a magazine that you'd have to send away for. Like, the fact that there's a, you know, a company out there that's making these to me is so cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's just me, but like, especially for the Hancholo stuff, like, I'll, I'll shell out the money for that stuff. That stuff's super cool. But uh, I know Cree has a ton of his stuff. She actually introduced me to his stuff because she has like his Bobo Fett and like, uh, Han and, and different rings and Chewbacca and she was like look at this this is a guy named Han Cholo <laughs> and I was like oh my god that's so cool it's actually the name of the company is Han Cholo but the the CEO's name is Brandon Schoolhouse Brand I know I call him Han Cholo just because that's what he is that's what he is in my phone now when I met him I was like I'm just calling you Han Cholo from now on because that's the coolest name um but apparently that was his nickname that the Beastie Boys gave him is what he told me I was like what that's so cool oh, oh wow. yeah that's, that's a, neat that's a very yeah. cool story uh, but anyway, I'm sorry to I can't remember the person's name now, but I uh, I'm that was Jackie. I'm just waiting for Lotor merch. I'm I'm selfish. That's all I'm that's all I'm here for. Right. But you'll sell like right. hotcakes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Caitlin says, "How happy was Lotor to be a chosen one?" <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he was. I feel like there's probably a sense of him that maybe knew, because he's you know he's a little cocky. But also, if he wasn't, he would have been real, right? I mean, wouldn't you feel that he'd of course not chosen one? I'm a pretty cool dude. Uh, I've, I've earned this. I feel like maybe there was a little bit of, I don't know. I, honestly, I have no idea. That's maybe I me mean, reading into it. I mean, he's got the hair. He, Of course he's the chosen one. Right, exactly. That's that's the best response. <laughs> and what happened to your face? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's his beautiful, he's 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 hit all tan puberty, I guess. <laughs> I, I gotta admit to you when I when I heard Karan say that when they panned back to Lotor, I thought we were gonna see something really ugly and disgusting, you know, like a bee had stung him on the nose or something like that, and it had blown up or something. I would love to see that edit where it's where he looks like that instead. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we find out that he's actually allergic to bees. Right, exactly, and there was a bee loose on the ship. <laughs> you had done some previous voice acting in the Crudes. Right, yes. Dawn of the Croods. And you had recently done a picture with the caption, if you can't have me at my <laughs> thunk, you won't have me at my low tour, right? Right, right. Something like that, yeah. So Alexia was just asking, did you actually voice act thunk or something? <laughs> oh, did they not so know? Yes, I did. I they mean, did that's... not know. <laughs> that's funny that they asked it through this means as opposed to just you could just google it real quick um but yeah i voiced thunk and dawn of the crudes and a bunch of other characters in that show so um yeah that was my my dreamworks glow up going from thunk who i love dearly and and wish i could voice every day of my life because he's the best 
going from bat to lotor is quite a is is quite a drastic difference here's this other spiritual connection to prior voice actors of lotor uh lenny weinrib Mm -hmm. had also done the voice of hunk in the original series that is true so he did hunk and lotor and you did thunk and lotor that's very weird (laughs) there's there's something really weird and cosmic going on there yeah definitely the stars are aligning (laughs) very weird stars (laughs) okay so this is from raka rock i love your performance as lotor in season five you should get an oscar or an annie for that (laughs) thank you we agree (laughs) thank (laughs) you guys i uh i mean i'm i'm all for awards who doesn't love awards i'd wear it around my neck like flavor Flav. (laughs) (laughs) but thank you guys I, I really think you are deserving of either like a daytime en- Emmy or, or an Annie for this because it was truly a, an amazing performance for season five. Oh, thank you. I think I missed the cut though, didn't I? I think they did they do it already. I don't I don't keep up, but uh, but thank you so much. Here's the thing for the daytime Emmys, the only Voltron thing that that got a, a nomination was actually the Voltron VR Chronicles. Oh, that's right. I saw that. I didn't even know that was a thing that you could nominate a. A, a VR game. I thought that was, uh, I mean, that's super cool. They deserve it. Uh, I just didn't expect that. I was like, whoa, crazy. Yeah. Same yeah. Here. So that, that was really cool. All right. So the question is from, from Raka is, do you think Lotor will ever share any of his secret or gossip to the space mice? <laughs> huh? That's an interesting question. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that would, I don't know. I feel like he'd be a little weirded out by the space mice. I, I don't I don't know if he'd be maybe maybe he'd break down and, and, you know, I don't know, open up to the space mice. But I can't imagine that happening. I can picture like a weird I don't know why I'm fabricating this bizarre reality now where like he's like taking a bubble bath and like the space mice come along and like Lotor's maybe really depressed about something. And the space mice like sort of nudge him like, what's wrong? He's like, oh, <laughs> my father, he's dead. I killed him. And, you know, like going into a whole, uh, you know, maybe they could be his therapist. So I could, I could see an alternate reality like that, maybe. <laughs> okay, so here's a question from Mullet Baby. Ooh, Mullet Baby. That's the uh, prequel to Boss Baby. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, AJ. Your voice acting has always been great, but in season five especially, you were super awesome. Oh, stop it, Mullet Baby. Thank you. <laughs> I know Lotor hasn't really met his fellow half Galra paladin yet, but what would you say to Keith, both as Lotor and as AJ? Whoa. As AJ, I'd say, yo, dude, cheer up. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I think that's what I'd say to him. Uh, But Lotor, what would Lotor say? I think Lotor would just be like, hey. Um, I don't think there'd be much, uh, like, advice or something that Lotor would say to him. Um, I think Lotor would honestly probably... If he had to like have like a sit down talk with him or, or give him any advice, he'd probably say something along the lines of like, you know, I'm a half breed too. There's a lot of power in being a half breed, and um, you need to embrace that and and come to peace with that. It's not a warring thing. It's two wonderful things coming together to make you. <laughs> and if that's you know, I guess I was something like that. I, I don't know. I went into a little bit. It was more like Lotor meets Jeff Goldblum again. I, I don't know why I have him on my mind. Um, <laughs> But I feel like there'd be some need to connect with him on that level where it's like we have, you know, a special connection on that in that way. And maybe that's part of what upsets Keith. Maybe that's something, you know, he hasn't come to terms with yet. And uh, maybe that would be something Lotor could give him a helping hand with. I would have thought he would have said to Keith, I don't see any purple on you. Do you have purple pee? 
You know what? That's probably <laughs> I take back everything I said. Delete everything I said. It was too heartfelt. Do you make too purple peepee? Um, that would be the question. Do you have a hairy navel? <laughs> because every Galra has a hairy purple navel. I don't because I'm half Altaian, but you must. I don't know. That's weird. I oh man, I feel like DreamWorks is gonna be like, AJ, you can't talk about purple peepee. I do. I talked to. We've got the brown lion that we keep, I keep bringing up, or other people. I keep making Tyler. Uh, what was it? I think during Comic Con oh, yes. or something. Yes. I was like, Tyler, just mention the brown lion in one of the conversations. <laughs> just bring it up. And I think he did. And I don't know if it got shot down or it was ignored. But like it was, I thought it was it was hilarious. But um, I don't think uh, I don't think that PR people like it very much. Well, anytime Tyler says anything, you can just remind him. Oh, dude, did you see what you look like in Super Troopers too? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think he looks very handsome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what were we talking about? Purple Peepee. That's the theme. You could title this one "Purple Peepee." That'll be the name of uh, of this podcast episode. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Oh. We're going to get this down to one more, okay? Okay, go ahead. This is from Zilla. All right. I know AJ is a big Dark Souls fan. so <laughs> It's true, I am. I want to know, while I doubt Lotor is a sun bro, would he still praise with Solaire? Because everyone praises with Solaire. I mean, I I think, how could you not praise with Solaire? If, if, uh, do you guys play Dark Souls? Do you know who Solaire is, or does none of this make any sense to you? None of it makes sense to me. I'm sorry. Okay, good. Yeah, same That's, here. Sorry. It's a real deep, uh, it's a very deep video game. It's basically like the only game I play. I play some indie games here and there, but like, it's basically you're just, you're a knight with a sword fighting your way through a hellish medieval landscape. And it's very, very simple, yet very complicated. And it's, gorgeous um it's basically ruined all other games for me i can't play anything else because i'm so obsessed with these because it's it's perfect but anyway what would he praise of course he would uh, praise the sun of course he, i would praise the sun i'd praise the sun every day with solaire <laughs> that's such a funny question yes uh, who how could you resist <laughs> And you're into the Halloween stuff, right? I love the Halloween <laughs> stuff that you say. I like that you said you threw stuff on. Um, that makes it sound sound weird. Uh, but yes, love Halloween. Obsessed. Would you ever do a vampire Lotor cosplay? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. I think I'd freak out people. <laughs> I don't know if I could. It in. I don't know if I could cosplay. I've said this before. I don't think I'll cosplay Lotor unless the rest of the gang is all down to cosplay their characters. Because I don't want to be that one guy that's like, hey guys, look at me. I'm dressed as uh, the character that I voice. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's some, there'd be something really weird and, and maybe a little sad about that. So if the rest of the gang wants to do it, we could all do Halloween-themed, maybe for this Halloween, start a petition or something and convince the Voltron people to have us all do like a thing or something. Because I'd be down to do that. That'd be a lot of fun. I Mostly just because... I, I want to see, I mean, I just want to see everyone as their characters. I think we all have sort of a passing resemblance or in some way to our characters. I think it'd be really funny. Yeah, they would. Do you plan on getting together with your fellow voice actors for June 15th, season six? Uh, we haven't done that yet. I wouldn't be surprised if someone hosted something. But I usually just sit on my couch and eat like Trader Joe, like corn puffs or uh, the <laughs> what are those cheese puffs. And basically just binge watch the whole season from my couch. But uh, if someone had a screening, I would go. 
Now, you know there's going to be fan art of you sitting on your couch. Yes, I hope so. Watching season six with Trader Joe's corn chips or something. <laughs> it's the the cheese puffs. <laughs> the cheese puffs are cheese puffs are so uh, addictive. And because they're from Trader Joe's, you're like, well, these aren't made of chemicals. They're uh, natural, right? That's so right. I, I can eat the whole bag. It won't be a big deal. <laughs> there's no processed food at all at Trader Joe's, right? That's right. right. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'd like to tell myself. Okay. All right. All right. So that that covers all the questions. Woo-hoo! It was what, two hours. Yes. That was two hours of questions. That was incredible. So uh, I'm glad I could answer as many of those as I could because I know, I mean, I'm a fan of many things, and then I understand it's it's a big deal to have you know to have someone answer your questions. I know it means a lot to people, so I'm I'm happy to do as much as I can. And we do want to apologize. There were some people that didn't get their questions answered, so I am sorry about that. But we had literally hundreds and hundreds of questions. Yeah, so that's quite a few. I apologize. Well, uh, well, you'll just have to burn them and dance on the ashes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we we can't get away with saying things like that. Maybe you oh, can. <laughs> you, uh, you, have, you have Lotor's permission to burn the questions and dance on the ashes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we, we Thank Lotor. you, Lotor. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. I, I do happen to have a fireplace here, so I'll be thinking about that right away. I uh, I hope to get a GIF or a video or something later of the questions being incinerated. That would certainly make my night. But no obligation to actually go through with that. Watch as you as you burn your house down trying to burn these. <laughs> Please don't do that. So you think you can ask nineteen questions on a podcast? Well, think again. Yeah, exactly. oh, burn, baby, burn. <laughs> Voltron have... positivity, people. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm getting a little bit of that Galra side in me. That's okay. <laughs> Come to the Galra side. It's better here, and it's purple. <laughs> purple navels, purple peepee, purple back hair. Uh, we've got it all. <laughs> purple people eaters. Purple people eaters. Uh, yes. Wow. <laughs> uh, all right. I I I don't know what else to say here except thank you, thank you, thank you. For a, a wonderful season five with Low Tour, uh, we can't wait to see what's in store for season six. Obviously, uh, we can't wait to maybe see you at another convention. Is there a possibility of that? Uh, me too. I, there's, I'm not planning on doing any conventions yet. Uh, I've been asked to do one or two on the East Coast, but I will am too lazy uh, to fly out there right now. But if there's something over here or closer to me, I would. Uh, I would contemplate it, but right now, yeah, there's nothing coming up that I'm that I'm doing that I know of. Okay, and and of course, DreamWorks hasn't uh, announced anything yet for San Diego Comic Con. Right. I mean, I don't know anything. <laughs> right. None of us know anything. So either San Diego Comic Con or New York Comic Con, we we do know that they plan on doing something, but we don't know what it is yet. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm completely in the dark. I'll find out if there's anything like you know not long before. So. Okay. I'll let you guys know if I know anything. All right, thanks. And in the meantime, people, if you want to send something to AJ, you have to go for the quest for fire and go through his Twitter feed and find out his agent's address. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you have to dig into the dark web uh, because I'm sure they're not thrilled at this point getting all these letters. Uh, But, you know, right now I'm... I just haven't, I don't know, I'm too lazy to get a P.O. box. I talk about how lazy I am all the time. It's not really laziness. It's just like, eh. 
<laughs> let's not know. laziness it's efficiency it is it efi- yeah i guess it is efficient to just have someone like ah my agents are real sweet they must get fan letters for all the celebrities they get all the time so i'm probably nothing well i think it's really really nice and kind of you to try to answer back all the fan mails that you do get i'm trying i mean some people haven't asked explicitly for a reply some people just want to send like hey i drew you this thank you and um to those people i'm always i try to tweet out a response or something but people that have sent me something with a with a message i'm gonna get back to them eventually and i've already sent out a few which for me is a big deal because i hate mailing stuff <laughs> so it's it's all on its way and of course you're talking to all the voltron fans in the world right now so what would you like to say to them <laughs> all right <laughs> um but thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart i mean I, I really it means so much to me to be surrounded by so much positive support and love and um i mean i know there there's the skirmishes that happen in the fandom and stuff like that but i thankfully have not so far haven't been a part of it um and i'm just very thankful everyone's been so kind and and uh complimentary to my performance and my fellow castmates and all that so just thank you all right thank you and thanks for being on the podcast of course anytime Yes, thank you for joining us on Let's Voltron, the official Voltron podcast, and we look forward to seeing you in Season 6 and beyond. Me too. (laughs) And of course, they're going to change the name and the theme and everything, and it's going to be Lotor and the Paladins, right? Yes, exactly. And uh, and Lotor will fly across the logo and leave a slime trail of purple, just like... (laughs) Just like Slimer. Nice. What would you like Lotor's theme to be? Oh, God. Uh, It would just be Purple Rain. Purple Rain. All right. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Love it. All right. So is there any other projects that you had besides uh, being Han in Forces of Destiny? Um, Nothing I can talk about yet. There's definitely stuff coming up, but as far as I remember, everything's still yet to be announced. So it's there, there there is stuff on the way. Oh, good. All right. (laughs) A lot of people will be looking forward to that, so thank you very much. Me too. Thank you, guys. We now return to Retro Voltron. All right, so after we just spoke with AJ Locasio, Lotor from Voltron Legendary Defender, uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to touch on Lotor's past and present for our Retro Voltron segment for this podcast. So uh, if we go all the way back to 1984 from days of long ago with Voltron Defender of the Universe, the first voice actor to portray Lotor was Lenny Weinrib. And uh, Mark, you're familiar with Lenny, right? Yes, because he did also Hunk. He did. He played Hunk. Uh, he played, oh gosh, so many characters, uh, m- many of the additional voices and whatnot. But he's most remembered, of course, for Hunk and Lotor. Outside of Voltron, he's probably best remembered for playing the voice of the original H.R. Puffin stuff. But uh, some of his other work that he's done, and this is basically what I'd like to do is just spin through the, the, uh, some of the, the higher points of, of uh, Lenny Weinrib and some of the other folks who portrayed Lotor over the years. Uh, he also played the lead character in a short-lived animated series in the 70s called Inch High, Private Eye. He played Inch High. Um, he's the original Scrappy-Doo from Scooby and Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> Yeah, in the animated The Adams Family series from the 1970s, he played Gomez Adams. Nice. Yeah, and he's the original kid version of Fred Flintstone from the 1980s show The Flintstone Kids. 
So I, I'm sure you remember, Mark, back in the mid 80s, it seemed like kid versions of older cartoons seemed to be all the rage. And Muppet Babies. Yeah, Muppet Babies, a pup named Scooby-Doo, you name it, the kids were there. <laughs> but yeah, so he was that. And of course, in Voltron, he was Hunk, Lotor, and then in the Vehicle Team episodes, he was a land team leader, Cliff, uh, Captain Newley, and most of the drool soldiers that you saw talking with the commanders and various other voices. He also is well known for his live action work. You know, to, to spin through everything that he did would, would just take forever. But some of the higher points of, uh, of his uh, live action career from uh, television and film, many of these appearances being guest appearances, were Steve Canyon in the 1950s. He was in Alfred Hitchcock Presents in the 1960s. He played a character named Buddy Russell in the original Twilight Zone, one of my favorite series of all time. He played in My Favorite Martian, The Dick Van Dyke Show, Adam-12, The Waltons, and the Filmation live-action Ghostbusters series. So uh, he got around. Oh, yes, he did. And uh, I also remember him playing a character called Time Timer in the early 80s. It was this uh, strange-looking cartoon character that they would show on Saturday mornings to remind kids to eat healthy. <laughs> <laughs> so Not like making Cookie Monster eat vegetables, right? That's right. <laughs> no, but he had this little segment where he'd say, you are what you eat from your head down to your feet. And that was <laughs> that was part of the uh, the jingle that he would sing. So Nice. Uh, yeah, so that was Lenny Weiner, and uh, unfortunately, he passed away in 2006. It would it would have been so cool to have spoken with him about his work on Voltron and his various other projects. But uh, wasn't that the same year that the the Voltron DVDs came out? Right around that time, yes. Yeah. Um, but they he had moved out of the country by that point. I'm trying to remember the country that he had moved to, but he was uh, well outside the United States by that point in his life. So, right. Yeah. So he was not involved in the DVDs. Okay. Jumping ahead to Voltron, the third dimension, Tim Curry. I think just about everyone listening to this podcast has to know of Tim Curry. Rocky horror picture show. That's right. He actually played Dr. Frankenfurter, a rather very memorable role in that movie. Um, he also played uh, something that uh, I discovered fairly recently, but ha had been around for quite a while. Annie, back in 1982, he played Rooster Hannigan, the brother of Miss Hannigan, played by Carol Burnett. So mm. that's a really cool thing. He also played in Clue, The Hunt for Red October, Roseanne. He appeared in that show. Uh, he was in the movie The Three Musketeers. He did a voice in Dinosaurs in the early 90s. He was in Scary Movie 2, Will and Grace, Criminal Minds. That's just in television and film. And then he's, he did a, a and, and, and he's still active today, of course. So I'm using the past tense, but he still is active uh, in, in voice work and, and acting today and uh, live action acting today. Um, some of his roles in terms of voice work include uh, a series called Paddington Bear in the late 1980s. Uh, he played Captain Hook in Peter Pan and the Pirates in the early 1990s. He was in Batman the Animated Series, Captain Planet and the Planeteers, Gargoyles, of course, Voltron the Third Dimension as Lotor. Uh, he was also in Phineas and Ferb, and most recently, uh, to genre fans, he played uh, Sidious and Palpatine in Star Wars The Clone Wars. And I'd like to say, I saw Tim Curry on Broadway as King Arthur in Spamalot. Yes! I loved that. That was so awesome. I have not seen it, but I would love to. We got to see the original cast of Spamalot. We were one of the first ones to get in on that. And Tim Curry did an awesome job as King Arthur. 
he's phenomenal in everything that he does. Seriously. And uh, I, I actually really like his Lotor portrayal. I know the third dimension is is uh, not the highest regarded of the Voltron shows over the years, but his Lotor portrayal is amazing. Well, he did get his own action figure. He did. He did. And doggone it, I sure wish we could get a uh, legendary Defender Lotor figure, yeah, don't you? AJ's still waiting for his. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's right. So um, moving on to Voltron Force from the early 2010s, Mark Hildreth played King Lotor in that series. And um, it's very difficult to pick, you know, the, the big highlights of, of Mark Hildreth and A.J. Lucasio because they've, they've done a lot of work, but they're still very, very active in what they're doing. So I'm probably not going to be doing either of them justice here, and I apologize to both of them, but they've both done some amazing work. Uh, Mark Hildreth in the live action field has uh, been in a television movie called Love is Never Silent in the mid-1980s. He was in the television series Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in the 1990s the late 90s, uh, a show called Hope Island. He was in The Tudors, uh, playing uh, Cardinal Reginald Pohl. And he was also in the recent V series from uh, 2009 to 2011, playing a character named Joshua. And on the voice work side, he played in an, a 1980s adaptation of the anime movie called The Humanoid, which I do remember watching. Uh, I watched anime before anime became cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, that was one of the movies that I really enjoyed back then. Uh, he also played a character named Kaz in The New Adventures of He-Man, the, the early 1990s. He was in Action Man, X-Men Evolution as Angel. He played Quicksilver in Wolverine and the X-Men, and of course in Voltron Force, King Lotor. So uh, I, I, again, I love his Lotor portrayal. His Lotor is very different in the sense that he uh, he's both the, uh, the king of Planet Doom and yet in some ways almost... Uh, and equal to his his so-called sidekick, Mayhawks. Yeah, and don't forget, King Lotor in Voltron Force, how many times did he get killed and then came back? Great question. I've been <laughs> meaning to tally that up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do think it happened a little too often. It almost became like a Kenny from South Park kind of a deal. <laughs> it was a Hegarium regeneration of some sort. Yeah, so... Yeah, in that series, uh, in the very first episode, Lotor was dead. Uh, he had died in, a, in a, a climactic battle some years ago against Voltron, and uh, this mysterious alien called Mayhawks uh, showed up and brought him back to life using this mysterious substance called Hagarium, which uh, played a part in the remainder of the series. So uh, a, a very different Lotor, but very memorable and awesome. Right. And then, of course, that uh, that fellow we just spoke uh, to a little <laughs> earlier, A.J. Lucasio, uh, he's done a, a, a variety of awesome things. Uh, some of his live action work has included acting in a, a short called Henchman in 2007. Uh, he was in a series, a television series called Beyond the Marquee, and he played himself in Playing Dead, a television series in 2012. Uh, I got all this from IMDb, so if there are some things in here that are inaccurate, uh, it's it's my fault for not double-checking IMDb. <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, he in his voice work, he's very well known for having uh, portrayed Marty McFly in the Back to the Future games. He's uh, played uh, Jeff Goldblum in 30 Flights of Loving, another game. Uh, he's played Thunk from the Croods, Dawn of the Croods television series, as well as the Croods Prehistoric Party, which was a game in 2013. Uh, he played Donatello in a short called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in Pizza Factory. 
Of course, he continues to portray the amazing, the awesome Emperor Lotor in Voltron Legendary Defender, and he's played Han Solo in Star Wars Forces of Destiny. It's amazing you said Emperor Lotor. I know! Because <laughs> he is now. He is. It sounds weird to say that, though, doesn't he it? He went through the Crawl's era, and he is now Emperor Lotor. That's amazing. It is. And, and I don't think anyone has actually said it yet in the show, but it's true. Right. He is very proud of his Han, by the way, in Forces of Destiny. He, he loves that part. I have not yet heard his portrayal of Han, but I, I, I've got to do that because... Uh, he does a pretty good Harrison Ford. He's, he's pretty spot on. That's cool. And, and that's, a, that's a tough voice to do. And he doesn't only play Marty McFly, but he's a huge Back to the Future fan, too. Oh, yeah. What a, what a great trilogy. I, I wonder if he uh, ever watched the animated series that, that followed the movies. Do you remember that show? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who played Marty in that in the animated show, but... Uh, I can't remember either. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure A.J. LaCassio would give him a run for his money because his, his Marty McFly voice is incredible. Okay. So there, there there's our spin back through time. Uh, Lenny Weinrib, Tim Curry, Mark Hildreth, and of course, A.J. LaCassio. That's a barbershop quartet of low tours. <laughs> yeah, and if you are curious about Lenny Weinrib... Um, you don't see him on screen too often, except, you know, he had these guest appearances in these various shows. But The Twilight Zone is a pretty easily accessible show. And I did watch him some years ago in the episode Miniature in which he appeared. And uh, it's just really cool to actually see him in action. So uh, if you're a fan of old school Voltron, uh, check that episode out. And thank you for our Retro Voltron segment. And thank you. Well, I got to say, I really love those Retro Voltron segments. What about you, Greg? Uh, I kind of like him too. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> but, but now we're flashing forward to the present. Yes. So going back from Retro Voltron, back to the present. And I want to talk about a couple of things that uh, just came up this week. Mm -hmm. All right. So we found out that Bandai is coming out with a Super Mini Pla Beast King Go Lion. Now, what is that? Yes. <laughs> I don't know exactly. Apparently they've made a few of these for other giant robot properties in the past, but this is the first time they've done this with Golion. Yeah, so basically this is a 7-inch plastic Beast King Golion where it comes separated into the five lines and you can form Voltron with it. But this one in particular, it also comes with uh, the shield. It also comes with Blazing Sword. And it also comes with a new right arm feature, the Mega Blaster. Hmm, sounds cool. So what we know about this is, is that at New York Toy Fair, they had a prototype model of it that was in like all gray. It wasn't even colored. Right. And since then, we've been wondering when this thing was going to come out. And now we've got color models of it that we can see. Yes, it looks beautiful. They sort of adapted, they, they sort of uh, followed Mattel's Maddie Collector Blazing Sword Voltron with the color scheme where uh, Voltron's thighs and the lion's legs are, are kind of white rather than a chrome finish. Uh, it looks very, very authentic to the anime and it looks uh, really cool. Yeah, so what we're seeing right now is, is there's a bunch of toy stores online that are starting to do pre-orders for it. Right. We're getting an idea that it may be coming out around August, maybe August 5th. Mm -hmm. And with all these, you know, online retailers and everything, setting up pre-orders and everything, you're not getting the same prices on everything. So what we saw on 
Bandai's actual site in Japan is that it's going to be on sale for 5,272 yen, mm -hmm. which equates to about $50 in America. Yep, and that is a tremendous deal for any transforming uh, Go Lion or 80s-style Voltron. However, <laughs> we have seen videos and reports and news items and stuff like that that put this in, in anywhere from $10 to $80. My goodness, that's a range. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So this is crazy because you'll find some places that are taking pre-orders for $80, some that are taking them for like $59. And then we saw a video where they're reporting that this is going to be available for $10. I doubt it's going to be $10. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, um, and one thing that's very interesting about the design, now I cannot read Japanese, my apologies listeners, but... The design looks like it's something that a transformer collector might call a parts former, where uh, you basically convert uh, Go Lion to the individual lions by disconnecting them and then attaching the lion's legs to them. Now you might say, oh, wow, no, you can't fold the legs or whatever. I, I say this is a neat and innovative idea because you know the, the lions and, Vol and uh, Go Lion or Voltron, you have to use a lot of animation magic to make the lions from the cartoon look like the robot in the cartoon. And by swapping parts like this, you get the best of both worlds. If aesthetics are what you want in both the lions and Voltron, this is a really cool compromise. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, uh, the, the 80-style Voltron toys over the years, the legs of the lions have tended to be pretty small because they have to fold up against the lion's torsos to form uh, Voltron's legs and arms. Well, by attaching the legs rather than having to fold them, you can make those legs larger, which is what they look like in the cartoon when the lions are separated. So this is a big deal. Okay, cool. So we're really looking forward to this. This is coming out in, in August, we think. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll, of course, let you know as we get closer to August, what the details are, where you can get it, and what the real price is. Yes, reality is a good thing. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about was just this past Tuesday, uh, Batman Ninja came out on Blu-ray and DVD. Mm -hmm. And I had attended both the West Coast premiere and the East Coast premiere. The West Coast premiere was at WonderCon in Anaheim. Mm -hmm. And the East Coast premiere was at the Directors Guild of America in New York City. Cool. And that was on May 1st. And this DVD Blu-ray set came out on May 8th. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are going to like this because, especially Voltron fans, okay, it's Japanese anime, number one. Mm -hmm. It was made by a Japanese company in partnership with Warner Brothers and DC. So it's going to be really great Japanese anime. And I've already seen this like three or four times, so I, I can guarantee it is. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that the, the Japanese like is giant transforming and combining robots. Sure. Okay. And you're going to get this in this movie. That's cool. And it's no secret. <laughs> we've, we've been covering it in the uh, interviews that we've done and stuff like that. So there's really strong Voltron influences in this. Okay, cool. In fact, so strong that I had to go ahead and make a video for our Let's Voltron YouTube channel. I had to sync Voltron Legendary Defenders transformation sequence theme uh -huh. to the formation of the Lord Joker Super Robot. Oh, cool. And it syncs really well. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
Maybe they timed it that way. Hmm. I don't know. I don't think they were thinking about Voltron Legendary Defender at all when they were making this. Maybe it was a temp track. Who knows? You know, they, a lot of times when movies are storyboarded, they, they find a temp track and uh, harmonize with that and then replace it with the final soundtrack. Who knows? All I know is that it's pretty cool to be able to watch the Lord Joker transformation sequence and listen to Voltron Legendary Defender's transformation theme. Oh, I'm sure. No doubt. So uh, we have that for you on our YouTube channel right now. Cool. Love it. <laughs> and if you haven't gotten it yet, check out Batman Ninja. It just came out last Tuesday, May 8th on Blu-ray and DVD, and it's also available on Digital HD. You get both versions. You get the English version, the English dub version, and you get the original Japanese with English subtitles. Cool. Sounds like fun. So go check it. Ha <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this week. We hope you liked the interview that we had with AJ Locasio. Yeah, it's always fun to have him on. And uh, wow, he really hung out with us for quite a while, answering so many fan questions. Yes, he did. He hung out there to answer all the fan questions. And we know that there were some fans out there that didn't get their questions in. We'll have to try that again the next time we get AJ on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. And thanks for keeping the faith with Voltron and AJ and our podcast and with one another. And we can't wait for season six, of course. Mm -hmm. We still know that season six is destined to come out on June 15th. Yeah, how many episodes? We don't know. And isn't that exciting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put a positive spin on not knowing. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're, we're excited about it coming out and we can't wait. And of course, uh, you know, any chances that we can get to talk to the people from Voltron Legendary Defender, we're going to do that. So we, we have San Diego Comic-Con coming up this summer, mm -hmm. and we also have New York Comic-Con coming up in the fall. And one thing I wanted to let everybody know about New York Comic-Con. What's that? We just found out about this today. Uh, by we, I assume you, because I have, this is all news to me. <laughs> okay. So they've been doing this thing called fan verification. Have you heard about that? Uh, no. Uh, okay, well, what they do is they, they require you to become verified as a fan for New York Comic Con before you can buy badges. The fan of what? <laughs> of, a fan of everything that they have at uh, New York Comic Con. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what they do is they have this fan verification registration so what they're doing this year is, is they're opening up a pre-sale to people who were fan verified in 2016 and 2017. Okay. Okay, so here's the details on if you want to go to New York Comic Con, and we're going to be there, right, Greg? You're going to be there? I know you and your wife, Kim, will be. I don't know about me. <laughs> we'll, see. well, you might have to uh, pay attention here okay. then. All right. <laughs> But uh, if you're just getting a press badge, then it's a completely different process, all right? Yes, yes. All right, so for people who are wanting to buy badges for New York Comic Con, if you were fan verified from 2016 and 2017, you're eligible for a New York Comic Con badge presale on Sunday, June 10th. Hmm. And if you were fan verified on 2016 and 2017, you're probably getting an email pretty soon right here that uh that'll tell you all about this but yes fan verified fans from from 2016 and 2017 are eligible for a new york comic-con badge presale on sunday june 10th if you weren't fan verified fan verification opens on wednesday june 13th 
you are required to purchase a New York Comic Con 2018 badge. Wow. So, <laughs> so here, here you go. Fan verification closes on Sunday, July 8th. So you have to make sure you fan verify before that date so you can get into the badge sale. Now, the New York Comic Con badge sale starts on Sunday, July 15th. Hopefully the listeners are taking notes because I'm already lost. <laughs> well, this is their process now. They want to make sure everybody has a fair shake at things, but it looks like they're, they're giving preference to people who have been there year after year after year. So fan verified people from 2016 and 2017 get a pre-sale on Sunday, June 10th. The fan verification for everyone else opens up on Wednesday, June 13th, and it closes on Sunday, July 8th. And then the New York Comic Con badge sale for only fan verified fans are eligible for this is Sunday, July 15th. All right. So you can get all of this information on New York Comic Con's uh, website. All right. So New York Comic Con's website is www.newyorkcomiccon.com. That's the simplest part of all of what you just said. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> wow. By the way, New York Comic Con is October 4th through the 7th of 2018. All right. Cool. Okay, so that's the dirt on New York Comic Con. All right. We're definitely going to be there, and we know Voltron's going to be there. That's a good thing. So these are the things you have to do if you want to join us. All right. And we look forward to seeing everybody at, at San Diego Comic Con and at New York Comic Con. Cool. And we'll see you all next time on... Let's Voltron! Let's Voltron!